0: All right. Uh, I'll, anytime I want to start, I'll start. I'll start anytime. What What does it matter? Hey! Hey! It's cool, hey. I'm cool. Sit Bam!
1: Hit it. Hit that uh, machine and start it up.
0: Va voom. I don't even know what that means anymore. What does va va mean? Is that sexy? Yeah. That was the wrong Damn thing to use. sexy. That was, a, that was the wrong <laughs> well, thing to use. Let's do a
1: sexy cast. Let's see how it goes.
0: Va 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 doom. here, the
1: time is right for a sexy cast.
2: <laughs>
0: Everyone, my name is David Dedrick, and welcome to Sneaky Dragon.
1: Hi, I'd also like to welcome you to Sneaky Dragon. My name is Ian Boothby. Uh,
0: I believe you just stepped on my line.
1: Oh, very good. I will uh, <laughs> hand the line back over and yield the floor to you, sir.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. We have another jam-packed show, show for you mm-hmm. about this. We have so, jam. so many things all to talk your, <laughs> about. All the favorite flavors of jam. This is, uh, yeah. Dave
1: with his controversial mm-hmm. apricot or die. Yep. Uh, I am still on the strawberry bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, yet I do not like raspberries.
0: Sure. It's a little game we're going to play today called Snacks and Larders.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Before we get started, here's the plugs. Uh, Dave and I are appearing live in a comic store. Now, normally, you would see us in a comic store. That's not an unusual thing. (laughs) That's right. Usually buying things. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this case, they'll be providing seats for us and also for Nina Matsumoto. Uh, This is on Free Comic Book Day. That is May 5th. This is uh, Saturday, the day this is dropping. Probably, if you're listening to this, too late. But uh, <laughs> we'll see when this when this does drop. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but we're at the 8th Dimension comic book store, and we're signing the free comic book day, uh, Comic of Sparks, which is a preview of our book, Sparks, which is in stores now. Nice. Yeah. So it'd be nice to uh see you guys there. And if not, uh, you know, if there's future things we're doing as
0: well. Okay, so a few questions. Oh yeah. We go okay, on. very good. So who's gonna be there?
1: It is going to be yeah. uh me. I wrote the book. Yeah. It is going to be Nina Matsumoto, she wrote the book. Go it's going to be uh you, you read the book. I read it. Yeah, we wanted to have our one reader <laughs> there as well. <laughs> and people have said yeah. that it's it's all the books are black and white uh dave has been coloring them all in individually, <laughs> individually. as a compulsive disorder mm. he's got yes uh so technically you are the colorist and i believe mm. you also wrote your name on the back of some of the books for some reason so uh we're, we dave will be there and he will color in your entire book for you if you ask him to or if you don't ask him to if you just mm. leave it behind
0: i you know compulsion isn't necessarily a disorder
1: that's a good point yeah all right uh, but this is a free comic because it's free comic book day this is when uh, comic book uh, stores oh sorry about the uh, the honking and the and sirens outside but uh, this is stores worrying that they're spending so much money paying for these free comics oh, and sounds it's, like I, a, it's so much concern
0: sounds oh, like a fire truck has gas I'm
1: gonna tell you a fire story in just a bit oh as well. okay um, so let's save our fire talk for then. Uh, but they're so worried about that that we've just set the alarm, alarm. Anyway, no, they will have a variety of free comics for you. If you want to buy comics as well, that's a good thing. If you want to buy our book, it might be there. Who knows? Uh, you can pick up <laughs> one of those. But there's no obligation. Just come mm. on down. Uh, the next week, uh, Nina Matsumoto and I will be at TCAF, Toronto Comics Arts Festival. We're yes. going to be signing there, doing a presentation on Sunday about our book, Sparks. We'll be there for the whole weekend. I good. will be doing uh, – I will be moderating a panel on a hockey – Opera that's also in the style of film noir by Cecil Castellucci. Okay, Uh who's a so you say mine.
0: you're moderating that? I am moderating that okay. panel. Okay. So I'll be that. Are you expecting that? a lot of arguments and a lot of fighting? So you're going to be there to kind of. Well, it's keep it. the
1: hockey community.
2: That's
0: true. It's
1: the opera community. Ouch. Hockey always breaks out into fights, and opera, there's always deaths. So and an, also, film noir, there's yeah. always murder. Yep. So if there isn't bloodshed to this thing, I'll be mm. very, very surprised. I
0: would be shocked too.
1: Right. So that's a uh, teacaf. and then the, you're going like, oh, well, I can't go to teacaf. I live in Vancouver. Well, hey, wait, shut up. Wait a second.
0: Yeah. At my house, I'll be having teacup. Oh, what's that? I just meet you with a teacup. Oh, okay. It's not quite as exciting. It's
1: so dainty. <laughs> And the next, uh, I do raise my pinky. And the week after that uh, is Van Calf, uh, where uh, David will be there, Nina and I will be there. And uh, we'll also be doing, I think they're, I think we're doing a panel. I think there's a panel. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Probably. Uh, but we'll be signing stuff. And once again, it's Thanks. free admission, much like t So just come on in and uh, wander around and meet some artists and maybe pick up some books.
0: And for anyone who's asking, mm-hmm. I will be there.
1: And Van Calf. Yep. Which I I just said you were. Okay. Okay. People, just making that clear. People don't, wouldn't believe me, but they believe you. I think
0: I think that's been a problem. All right. I think you have... I don't know how it's happened, but your credibility has dropped considerably uh, for these last 335 episodes. Very good. To the point now where the things you say, people will just assume the opposite. Well,
1: believe this story now or not. I will
0: believe this story now. Can I just say? Yep. I am fire story. Or however that song went. It was oh, good okay. Song. Good song in its day. Or you
1: could just start that. Whatever that fire. Sound something to burn. Or, yeah, Scream and Learn Such. That's yeah, good. does that start with I am the God of uh, I hellfire? am
0: the God of Hellfire. And
1: I bring you fire. There is a, uh there's the Bruce Springsteen song, I'm on Fire. Keep going with fire songs. There's
0: the uh, April Wine song, I'm on fire for you, baby.
1: There you go. I'm on fire for
0: you, woman. Wasn't there a Come song? on,
1: baby, light my fire. Come on, baby, light my the fire. Doors. The doors.
0: There's a song, there's a fire song also by Jimi Hendrix, wasn't there?
1: Well, I know he burned a guitar, so probably so something. <laughs> if it wasn't, he made it a fire song. He
0: made it, did, did burn a guitar. Here's what's
1: happened two nights in a it was row. So Dave. careless,
0: he dropped his lighter on it while it was on stage.
1: Uh, we we live in a you know the neighborhood that uh, me and my wife Pia Guerra, wonderful person. Uh, uh, live in.
0: Can I can I describe it as aspiring gentrification?
1: Yeah, uh, with wiggly streets. <laughs> Wiggly, street. Wiggly streets. Actually, the gentrification thing may be part of what this is, but I don't want to, uh, I don't want to tip the story here. Uh, okay. so, uh, for about five, I'm trying to think if it was five nights ago, but it was a, a couple of nights ago. Okay. Uh, it's four, uh, like 20 in the morning. I don't want to say like, you know, it's the anti marijuana hour because it's the morning. Uh, but it, it? it was, it was about then. It wasn't quite four thirty. Uh, and we hear a kaboom! Boom! Ooh. Wow. Look out the look out the front uh door yeah. and we see uh smoke coming up from behind some houses. We're yeah, like, yeah. Oh, "What's that about?" And then it's like a lot of smoke. Mm-hmm. Considerable amount of smoke and a bit of a, a smell of like something's burning. And we're like, "Oh, I don't know what that's about." Usually uh, that's
0: usually a good sign of smoke as well. If something's burning. It's true. Yeah. Uh
1: but it could be burning like, "Oh, it's just some wood I or see. maybe some leaves." But, but this, this had, was some not This good had an stuff. acrid smell. Right. So, anyway, the next day, we, we are, uh, like, around the corner and see that, oh, a, a car has blown up, and this was what it was. Oh wow. like, burst into flames. Yeah. Okay. Last night, it's about uh, 4.20, and we hear... Once again, blaze it. We hear... We, we don't hear a boom. Yeah. But we do, uh, we do hear a car alarm going off, Kay. and then we, we smell something really kind of foul, and then we're like, well, that's smoke. Uh, so, we go out, and we're trying to find it. Go around our corner. Car's on fire. Hmm. Another car's on fire. Uh, and so we we call we call it in the the uh, fire department is getting so many calls that that you can't get through. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy comes out. Says it's my car and he's trying to put it out with a hose. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think this is the best good, idea in the world. This is safe. So we're trying to like, is, yeah, yeah, we're trying to like get him back. And if, if anything, like get him to like uh, put, the, put the water underneath because it looks like there's fire underneath. But we're trying to get him back, but he's not on board with getting back. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, his uh, car? It's, it's his car and he's, yeah. he's just being way too casual with that. This is uh, something could explode in a. Yeah. Second. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen, I've seen a truck explode. In I've real seen, life, yeah, I've seen a truck explode where it like started with a little bit of a fire, but in that case, the driver got out, mm-hmm. knew what was going on, uh, yeah. got a safe distance he away, hightailed it. Yeah, it went like burn, burn, little burn, little burn, little burn, little burn, and it wasn't an explosion as mm. in kaboom. Yeah, it was explosion. and burn, 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 burn. Everything's on fire. Yeah, everything's on fire at once. Not an yeah. explosive, but just everything yeah. catches at once. And then it was like cinders, mm. basically in uh, in just a couple of minutes. So well, the guys,
0: cars are oil-based animals. This totally. is a, yeah. This is true. Flammable. So,
1: so uh, we got to meet They're our neighbors. Flammable, uh, as you do during during huh. fires in,
0: in your pajamas.
1: Uh, no, no, we were dressed because we we're uh, up at that hour. We're the people who are during. Mm. If there's a nighttime uh, problem, we look guilty because we look like yeah, we were yeah. around.
0: A couple of as yeah, well. Yeah, we did get to see around.
1: people in their robes, which was nice. <laughs> I was like, oh, a lot of people still wear robes. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, now the
2: wor- I'll wear a
0: rope.
1: now the worry is. Uh that uh, people are getting mad at the gentrified housing because in both these cases, that cars were next to gentrified houses mm. in the mm-hmm. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's just someone who's an arsonist who's just starting this shit up.
0: Got a bee in his bonnet. Has a bee in his bonnet. Or her. I don't sure, know.
1: women can be arsonists yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call them arsonists a- then. Oh, I was going
0: to say it was an arsonette, but that's oh, very good. Uh, I yeah. like
1: an arsonette. That's that's nice. So anyway, we don't know what's going on with that. There was a thing when we first moved into the house about two years ago, where people were uh, setting uh, garbage on fire in in, in the back alley, mm-hmm. and that was fun. Yeah, that was a good that was a good time. Sure. Um, so yeah, don't know what's going on, but same time of night, a couple of days in a row. Uh, luckily, our car. Uh, we we lend it normally to my sister in law, so it's in another area. Yeah, but yeah, ugh, that's not that's not fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Blowing if you want, I can I can, I can go light it on fire over there. Oh, I do. know where it is. Sure. Yeah.
1: You do not.
0: Of course I do. No, you don't. Yeah, I've been there. Who helped her move into her place that she lives oh, in. Oh,
1: you're assuming that she can get a parking spot at her place in the oh, West oh, End. Oh, no,
0: no. Yeah, I know she can't do that.
1: Oh, no, she can't. It's yeah. at a random place every night. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. But good I know luck. I, I know what it looks like, sir. Yeah. So you want to drive around the entire West end No, I don't, actually, I don't actually. I don't actually want luck. to do that. Good luck with that. <laughs> my, my, all right. My dumb gag is not paying off at all. Mm-hmm. No, sir, it, it is not. Like a car, it blew up in my face.
1: Oh, dear. I would say too soon, but you know it's not. It's never too soon. No, it's never too soon, and I'm defending the right to jokes this week. Defense, <laughs> defense to jokes.
0: Is this something to do with with uh, Michelle a, Wolf? Yes, sir. A lady making it. A- yes. Rude comments Rude about? jokes
1: and not in this day and age, sir. There's no room for that.
0: What is this, a roast?
1: What is this, the uh, Twitter account that's by the President of the United States? <laughs> sir, there's no reason for a lady to do this kind of thing. <laughs> no, sir.
0: Maybe that's the people's objection. Why are you
1: matching the tone, sir? This is <laughs> completely inappropriate. Madam. madam. Eh, sir, Madam. It's fine the Maybe. objections seem to be coming from a lot of sirs and madams mm-hmm. we're like how dare you yeah. pearl clutching nonsense <laughs>
0: <laughs> my i've got the vapors
1: yeah i can't believe you came to a roast uh we're a blue comedian that we invited to a roast and they did blue material in a roast style mm. this is both the time and the place for this and we will not stand for it
0: <laughs> is she a blue blue comedian oh yes mm.
1: She's got a special on Netflix called Nice Lady, if you want to see an example. She also used to uh, work on The Daily Show, and she worked on Seth Meyers'
0: show. The Daily Show, say no more. Mm -hmm. Blue material all the way. Mm.
1: On a complete side note, uh, she does have a good special on there, worth a watch. But before you do that, watch uh, John Mulaney's Kid Gorgeous, which is hilarious. Mm. Out and out hilarious uh, special on there. Okay, on Netflix. So funny. Mm. Yeah, give it a watch. I think you would quite enjoy it. Mm. I think you would have a hearty good time. I think knees would be slapped. Huh. I think up your alley is where it lives.
0: I'm, I can't watch anything right now. Oh, uh, comedy you've wise. gone blind? No, yes, exactly right. Too much masturbating. No, uh, that's not the reason. So, it, the masturbate, the masturbating has been fine. Hasn't affected my vision at all. No, but I was it's just born taking with taking with up that, so I much say, time that you can't yeah, watch I other things. Look, if that. I'm on a computer, I've got <laughs> other things to do, mister. Uh, no, no. I, I've been watching, um, the first season of Monty Python on Netflix.
1: And.
0: <sighs> Well, you know, the first season of any show, mm-hmm. and let me say this, as a person who loves Money Python, and has loved it from the beginning, Yeah, as a grade six person with a lot of time in his hands, I decided it would be great to do a complete transcript of all the Money Python episodes. I had them all on tape, mm-hmm. and I would sit and I would turn on and off the tape and write down all the stuff that I could understand. There's a lot of things I couldn't figure out why they were saying. I did that for a complete half of an episode and never took it up again. But I still... I really like Money Python a lot, though. But I got to say that like any first season of any show there's some good and there's some bad Mm -hmm. and where it's really good it's interesting where i think it's best is the filmed elements and where i think it's not as good is most of the sketches
1: do you think it's also because the audience at that point didn't know who they were and weren't connected to that kind of style and they were just a regular audience yeah that was like Bust in, yeah, and we're like, oh, we've come to the BBC. What's going on? We're yeah. taping a show today. Mm-hmm. I love television shows. Yeah. I hope it's a cooking show. <laughs> Let's go sit down and like, what the hell yeah. is this? Yeah.
0: You know, it, Mr. and Mrs. England. I don't think it's that so much. What I would I, I, I attribute it to, mm-hmm. hello, siren, everyone, take a drink like I'm going to. Cough, gag, but down the wrong way. Um, what I would attribute it to more is um, that they took a lot of stage material And transported into television, okay, which which usually involves a lot of yelling, which is okay on stage, right? Like big, broad, part like big, broad things where someone is yelling as loud as they can. Mm -hmm. Works on a stage because you're yelling to an audience who are sitting there, and then and they're not saying what did he say because they can hear you, (laughs) sure. But in television, which is much more intimate, people who are just yelling all the time, to me it just kind of takes away from the. The humor of it, which is why I prefer the film segments. For instance, I think it's very funny the, se- the segment where thieves break into a news studio and steal the newscaster and roll him out of the studio onto a truck and then drive the truck away while he's still doing the newscast the whole time. Like that to me is, yep. it's funny. It's a it's a fun concept. And less, a good visual concept. A good feel. Less funny is like the the dirty fork sketch where it's a lot of you bastard you and it's just really broad and everyone's yelling yeah. and there's a lot of carry on and and stuff like that and actually the audience is laughing quite a bit at that uh when you watch it so and that
1: one was done live
0: it was done live yeah yeah
1: do you think that works better uh in uh uh and now for something completely different where they film it
0: well i think they toned it down for when they filmed it mm-hmm. i think they toned down those sketches and i like the the self-defense against fruits yeah i th- like I've heard people say, Oh, the movie is not as good as a TV show. But actually, if you watch the movie, that segment is better than the TV show because it's slight, it's toned down a little bit. It's not as up. Like John Cleese isn't yelling quite as much. It's not as up because he's doing it the way he would have performed it on stage, yep. not the way you would perform it on television. And I think that they, you know, they filmed all those shows like in a bank, you know, they just banked all this stuff and then it was edited together and then it was released and they probably looked at it and went okay well i can see where we have some problems here let's you know turn it down a little bit next season <laughs> if we have a next season we'll you know we'll do it a bit quieter we'll you know blah 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 right so i'm kind of looking forward to seeing season 2 i'm I think I met like halfway through season season one. Yeah, I'm
1: considering – I was going to watch it. Then I realized there's other people I live with, and it's not fair. Um,
2: <laughs> what I
1: might do is I might uh, watch the personal best first and then work my way back mm-hmm. through the series. Sure, sure. Because I really – I do want to see – I'm kind of on a Michael Palin thing right now where mm. I like Michael Palin a lot. And I like He's to, very good.
0: Yeah. He's very good. And like – yeah, there's a ske- – one of the sketches I liked was when, um with Carol Cleveland, Eric Heidel, and he, and he's like a milk-a-toast husband, and they go to a marriage counselor who then seduces his wife yes. in front of him. And just and stuff like that. And even with those where they kind of tail off the sketches, they haven't quite got, haven't quite got the flow yet. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like in the later seasons, there's a way better flow from sketch to sketch. And it's not as abrupt. You know, like right now in this season, they're using the knight with the chicken, hitting people on the head, which is is a odd way to break a sketch, like you know, an odd way to like segue from sketch to sketch. But it doesn't really work as well as later ones where they integrated the animation more and they integrated sketch to sketch more. It
1: doesn't work, but it does. It does signal the sketch is done. Yes, it does, which is what you need. Yeah, you you need it. it, It's it's clean Mm -hmm. if it's if it's not funny, and there probably wasn't you know. There's funny stuff that was on the air back then, but yeah, it was yeah. a very different type of thing they were doing. Yeah, I mean, let me let me oh, let me sorry. say what I think uh, is uh, one of the keys to the success of Faulty Towers, yeah. and why John Cleese I think was the best on Faulty Towers. Uh, like like he's done a lot of great stuff. Okay, but Faulty Towers. You think he's
0: better on Faulty Towers than on Monty, Monty Python? I
1: do. Really, I do. I think like do you that, prefer
0: the sitcom to to nope, sketch comedy. Nope, I don't.
1: But I think John Cleese is better. Okay. In faulty towers than he is in anything else. Make your argument. Uh, My argument is this: he surrounded himself with short people, and it makes him look bizarre (laughs) because he's such a gangly bit of business. Yeah, yeah. Whereas there's too many tall people. That are in Monty Python. It's so Cameronist where Hall, I think yeah. what, what, one of his early strengths on stage was like, mm. well, this guy looks weird. And, you know, seeing him doing all his business. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that was uh, one of the strengths was like it visually when you, you can't keep your eyes off John Cleese in any scene in faulty yeah. towers because it's all people that are like way shorter than him. So he just looks like this bizarre authority figure that has no real power. It's mm-hmm. just this gangly spider trying to do things. And, you know, one of his most famous sketches on Python is the silly walks, which I think works especially well because He's so odd-looking, yeah. And uh, and then other times he's just sitting down yelling, and (laughs) and he's very good at sitting down and yelling. Mm -hmm. Everyone does the thing they do very well, but I think.
0: But there's less yelling in later episodes, Mm -hmm. like, like because I think a lot of our idea of Python is based in that first season of like people yelling really loudly at each other. But when you move on from that, you end up like when you think of the argument sketch, which could be a, a lot of yelling back and forth. It's really just a very quiet sketch in a way you know Mm -hmm. it's just like um you know time's up you know it's not like time's up get out of here you know it's just like it's all very conversational yep and i like that um yeah i just find there are still some good sketches but i just find some of them just reek to me of of stage where it's okay Mm -hmm. to be really broad and it just comes across too strong on television and it's a little it's a little now
1: where did cleese go to school was that cambridge or he was 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 cambridge all right cambridge now say he yeah go ahead
0: chapman and Eric Idle all went to Cambridge. Now, was
1: that the footlights they were with at Cambridge? They were in the footlights. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What was the equivalent at. Uh...
0: There was no equivalent at Oxford. There wasn't. There was no, no comedy. There was no Oxford. comedy club or the comedy review at Oxford. Okay.
1: So you're at Cambridge in Cambridge footlights and you're mm-hmm. out and you're performing in front of the other students.
0: So many comedians came out of that. Understood.
1: Do you think, to, to this day, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, do you think that the audiences were respectful? And 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 paid attention, or do you think you needed someone like a John Cleese to come out and yell shit <laughs> to get their attention because they're a bunch of young, well, okay, uh, privileged uh, youths?
0: Yeah, I think for what were called the smokers, which were like s- small smallish reviews that were put on in this in the university grounds, I think that probably was the case. Mm -hmm. I think when they went to, like, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival or when they actually, like, mounted a West End show or when they played on Broadway, they probably didn't need that. But they still needed it to be big and broad because that's what stage requires. It doesn't... Like, something like... And it's strange because something like Beyond the Fringe is actually very low-key compared to what... Like, Monty Python, for instance. But it comes from a different era of comedy, too. Yeah. The thing about Monty Python is that we kind of miss the steps up to it. You know what I mean? Like we know, we know like, a little bit.
1: Like David, uh, what's his name? Sorry. Uh, David Frost? Frost? Yeah. Like the David, Frost the Frost report. report yeah, sure. That'd like be that.
0: one. But also, um, something like Q6, the yeah. Spike Milligan series, which was very surreal and very, and didn't have endings to the sketches and kind of was like a connected, like a surreal chain of, of sketches and, and little bits. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And Money Python borrowed consciously borrowed a lot from that. Mm-hmm. And the Goon show and well, Goon Show as well. And then also, um, for the guys who were on Do Not Adjust Your Set, which was Eric Heidel, Michael Palin and Terry Jones. Which was a kid's show. Which was a kid's show, but it had the Bonzo Dog doodah band yep. on it. And that was and also Eric Terry Gilliam was on there as well, do, doing animation and stuff on Do Not Adjust Your Set. And Gilliam says they were very influenced by the Bonzos because the Bonzos came out of a totally different tradition than them. They came out of art school. They didn't come from university. And so they had, they brought this really crazy anarchic spirit of just anything goes, Mm -hmm. you know, like Viv Stanchel would walk off camera and then come back on with a mask. And there was no warning for that that was going to happen. He would just do it. They would just do things on the spur of the moment. They didn't plan what they did. They just, they just winged it on, on live television, basically. And, uh, that was, that really impacted these guys who came out of this very straight comedy, you know, sketch thing that was all very by the, by the numbers. Yeah. You know, and so just things like that, but we kind of missed those steps. So Money Python feels like it's very much itself, you know, like, but we, we, we don't understand like the antecedents that kind of led to it, that it's, so when people saw it at the time, they weren't like, what are they doing? This is amazing. They're probably like going like, well, this is a lot like Spike Milligan, or they're sure bringing a lot of this to it. But I think even for them, they were still holding back again, in the, back a bit in the first season. Sure. That when we get to the second season, we start to see when they really start to go. And the third season, which is kind of like the, the height of Python. And the fourth season, which, of course, Cleese had left because he felt like they were just starting to repeat themselves. Um, Which is,
1: usually happens with sketch groups or bands or mm-hmm, anything. Anything. Yeah, John Candy will leave Second City. It mm-hmm. all happens around the same time. You're sure. Like, yeah.
0: Sure. And yeah, and and I do, but I do think he was right. I do think there's some repetition. There's still some things that are good about it, but in a way. Yeah, I find it interesting mm -hmm.
1: when I hear that, you know, do not adjust your set. It was a kid's show. And, like, of course it was a kid's show. Yeah. Because that's how you – because there's such a playful element that is in Python. Yeah. I think it's some of the more successful stuff that they do. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's one of my regrets that, like, here in Canada, we don't really have that many kid's shows anymore, you know. And I see the influence definitely of, like, kid's shows and people who do kid's shows on comedy. uh, Like – uh, there used to be a show called uh, "Coming Up Rosie" that was on CBC, and that had John uh, Candy in it, that had Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. in it, yeah. and they were coming out of you know Second City. Yeah. Uh, but they they just got this playfulness yeah. uh in in a kid show where you can actually like let your guard down, and I think it's I, I think it's an important part sometimes with comedy is not be cool. Yeah. It's like don't worry about being cool, mm-hmm. and so because it's for kids, so who fucking cares?
0: Well, we certainly got that. there you there you are yeah
1: uh but yeah i think that's an important thing so like then they brought that to to saturday night live and i look at like a show like this hour is 22 minutes here in Mm -hmm. in 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 canada and i can i can trace it back evolutionary (laughs) style to like people doing to people doing kids shows absolutely yeah and i think we were doing at the same time sorry i'm dropping my own name here uh but i was a small part of it we're doing um Street sense at the same time. Okay. And that was written by Louise Moon and Roger Fredericks, two yep. friends of the show have been on, on here. And, and, and 22 minutes lifted a lot from street sense <laughs> there was a thing that we'd always do like a warning before the show warning it was a silly warning and they borrowed that mm. and they just lifted a lot of that and a lot of the things that we did in our tv parodies like cartoon parodies not cartoon sorry commercial parodies they did in theirs <laughs> and it was like lift 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 but then i go like well, where did roger get his from yeah and roger used to perform regularly with the loosemus theater in calgary which at the same time as the kids in the hall were starting off and so that all kind of comes out of the same mm. thing and it's like yeah they all just
0: so yeah
1: yeah and I just wish there was more uh, kids shows in Canada. That would be kind of the yeah. where things could go.
0: That's well, interesting. Yeah, because thinking about it, uh, there's a radio show. I haven't heard like many of them, but I have heard a few called Round the Horn, which was a British radio show, like sort of mid '60s British show, very Pythonesque in its in its approach as well. So yeah, I just think I just think that kind of humor was in the air, and people were ready for sure something that was just not satirical, not you know, not talking. Not making satirical satirical remarks about the government, like the satire boom of the the early to mid-60s in England. Uh, but more something that was freewheeling and kind of freeing. And when did
1: Python start? Like the 69, television.
0: I believe. This, 69. This, yeah. So
1: where were we at in the, England with the Beatles at that point?
0: The Beatles were running down at that point. That's why George Harrison often, would often say that Monty Python picked up the torch from the Beatles and mm-hmm. carried it into the 70s. Do you think
1: the Beatles uh, made things a little bit looser and and, and, and people more open-minded oh, for something I mean, like Python?
0: I don't think you could credit the Beatles entirely, but oh, not definitely, entirely, but, yeah. Because yeah, as you say, they were doing
1: that mm-hmm. kind of bizarre comedy before. Yeah. But they also kind of open things up a bit more for for comedy. They were they were very well. Funny, sure, yeah. when you look
0: at like Hard Day's Night, mm-hmm. which borrows obviously borrows from like the Marx Brothers. Yeah. In its way of using like a team uh, and ha- and having humor that's almost that's very uh, surreal in some ways, like the scene where they're they're bothering the man in the the very uh, upper you know upper class man on the train. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, they're running outside the train, yelling at him through the window. Well, how did they get outside of the train yeah. to be yelling at the? You know, but it's but it just works in that situation. And I wish that...
1: but still more grounded than something like help. You know, which was just straight surreal and almost.
0: Yeah, it's almost so hard to grasp. It's so it's so slippery. It's, yeah, you don't really have any emotional connection to it because it just. It doesn't stop. Yeah. It doesn't and give you... And you can
1: take the gags on their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think uh, Do you think the Python's shows hold together as like whole sh- whole shows? Or is it like, well, oh, I there's can't... like about a third good stuff per episode or some such? I'll,
0: I'll tell you, I haven't watched Money Python on television since I was in high school. Oh, okay. So, it's been a long time since I watched a Python show. So, I'm trying to... I mean, I ha- I actually own them all on DVD. Right. And I try to like sit down and watch them all like in that kind of I'm going to watch a bunch of Monty Python, but you just can't watch it that way to me. Like it's mm-hmm. actually, I I prefer to watch one, maybe two, and then that's it. Like it's not funny after that. I mean, it's just then you're just like I don't know, you're just not wanting to get out of your chair.
1: Yeah, you've made them their own opening act, and they can't. Yeah, yeah they can't. it's not a good opening act for themselves. Sure, and
0: something's funny. In a half-an-hour dose, but is it funny in an hour or hour-and-a-half dose? It's hard. It's, you know, it's it hard is hard,
1: and that's why they made movies, and they made the movies <laughs> not like their TV that's right. show. With the exception of, you know, uh Now for Something Completely Different. Mm. But even that, they changed it up yeah and, uh, and made it more uh, filmic is that a way to try it
0: anyway yeah i mean it's it's not as obviously not as successful a film as say holy grail or life of Brian. Right,
1: that was the first python i probably saw was that because it would play fairly regularly on television mm-hmm. yeah and uh yeah so i saw those sketches over and over again and it was a little bizarre to me when i was a kid watching the tv show then later and, and i think i was watching the tv show when i was like six um and when I was watching the okay. TV show later and going like, wait, this is the thing from that, <laughs> yeah, but I'm yeah. remembering it different, but mm, what? Mm, and then uh, my, my grandparents, who are British, really liked it. Yeah. So when I was over at their place, I could watch it. But when I was at home, my mom saw that there was nudity on it, and that was Nick's for that. <laughs> yeah.
0: I discovered Monty Python in, when I was in grade five. Actually, I discovered Marks Brothers the same year. My friend had, a, had got a TV in his room.
1: Oh, my and so God. I know. Is, can you believe it? I couldn't Can believe you it. believe what that would be like?
0: I just... I would never imagine in that In the would... richie,
1: richiest world yeah. of richie, riches, yeah. yeah. huh? Yeah. My God. Yeah,
0: it just seems weird. It's so crazy that What someone a world. Would, someone would be allowed to have a TV in the room. Like, yeah. we had one TV in our house, and you fought. I oh, fought yeah. so hard to watch Money Python oh, on my yeah. head.
1: And then if sports was on, tough, tough... Oh, tough, tough titties.
0: Yep. Get out of here.
1: Yeah, and if, if <laughs> there was tough titties on there, my mom wouldn't <laughs> let me watch the show. If there were naked titties?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Uh... Unless it was Masterpiece Theater, then I could get away with it. Mm. And so I would like constantly go like, come on. But it only happened in one show. And that was uh, Danger uh, Unexploded Bombs.
0: Danger UXB. Oh, yeah. yeah. With uh, Anthony Andrews.
1: And it only had one episode where there was nudity in it. Mm. Too bad God for you. damn it. <laughs> it was um, a good day, though, that day. That was a good show. <laughs> that was a
0: good show. Uh, so, yeah, I was watching. So my friend had this TV in his room. So we we're just kind of laying on his bed one day and just kind of idly flicking through channels. And we just stopped on this scene from monty python it was the episode with a uh, later season with the pantomime horse okay. who's like supposed to be like a james bond spy right uh and then but and it was just so bizarre because it's like a pantomime horse driving in a car yeah and then and then it's like a fight scene between a pantomime horse a pantomime princess margaret mm-hmm. Jacques cousteau joins
1: was there a the, goose
0: might have been, yeah, the Panaman Goose comes in as well. Yeah. And this is so silly. And of course we were just laughing our heads, our little heads off because we we're just little boys and this seemed like the greatest thing in the world. And yeah, so after that was just like seeking what the show was and watching more of it. And yeah, that just made such an impression on me. So, you know, I could pretty, so I didn't really start at the beginning. I just started somewhere in the middle and, and worked my way backwards and forwards. Yeah. And I never really ever saw like a complete season of it. I do remember, uh, the local PBS station doing like a, a, a two day marathon of shows uh you know in order to ra- like as a part of a fund ra- fundraising thing yeah. which seems crazy now like money python being used to raise Money for, for, but in those days, it was a very popular show, and people, you know, like, and was we're there, bringing you this stuff.
1: Was there anything longer than the fundraising in between the shows you wanted to watch? Was there no. anything before you had, uh, like, uh, you you young folks today, God bless, uh, <laughs> yeah, with your fast forwarding? We did not have that.
0: No, we didn't have that. We just
1: watched it and watched it, and, and you would never know how long this would go. Yep. And it would seem like they were wrapping up, and this is like, well, we're going to get right back to Mighty Python after we tell you about these tote bags. Yeah. Let's go over here. We're just like, yeah, you can have a face of Python on a bag sure. and i uh, let's just talk to some more people who really enjoy monty python but not enough to put it on god they, damn it just, they
0: did at that time uh, so long i do remember because i think when i saw the marx brother film it was also on a fundraising night and i didn't see like a great marx brother film my first one i ever saw was a night in casablanca which i do think is a good film in my memory i haven't seen it for a long time obviously but it was um i do remember them like doing something with like Money and putting money into a blender and then blend and <laughs> turning on this blender and cutting up all the money. It wasn't real money, obviously it was yeah. play money, but but yeah, like so that that's at least at least that's entertaining. Like yeah, later on it would just be like these long shots of people at a bank of phones answering it Well, the you know, they the number is showing and the people are talking, you know, or music's playing. Ba, ba ba da 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 ring hello
1: and it was those people that I kind of went like, you know nothing of what you're talking about. And unless it was Masterpiece Theater or something. I'd go, "Oh yeah, I believe you. But for most them, I really enjoy the surreal comedy of, no, you don't. No, you don't, you stiff. Get out of here. I'll see you later for the Red Dwarf Marathon. I won't believe you then either.
0: We don't believe you.
1: Yeah, I really love that character, Rummer. You don't know nothing, <laughs> you liars. Get out of here. Stop blocking things. Let me know when this will be over.
0: So, yeah, I'm looking forward to... uh Getting through this season, okay, and then going on to the second season, which I have really high hopes for.
1: All right. Well, uh, every week we can ask you, "Hey Dave, how's it going with your how's your, uh, your Mighty Python?" Hey dude? Dave, how's your Python? And mm. we all like have a oh. good hearty laugh at the double entendre. Yeah,
0: it's very good. Yeah, it's more like Benny Hill than Monty Python, but that's okay. I Monty try- Python seems so much more classier to me as a kid.
1: Hey, I didn't uh, like. Benny speaking Hill. of uh, Python, people well, I, I like the nudity, but again, that was just it was a it was a hunt for nudity uh, <laughs> as a youth. Um, I, I tried watching a Python members show on Netflix, and uh, it had everything that I would think I would like. And then it was like, that's too much of that. I don't like this at all. So um, go on, please. It was called okay. What About Dick? Okay, all right. And it sounds is sounds like an Eric Idle thing. It is Eric Idle, okay? And they're doing a radio drama, okay? And uh, it's um, Eddie Izzard is in it. Okay. Uh, uh um Tim Curry okay. um Russell Brand okay. Tracy Ullman yeah many more people that you'd recognize okay. also Eric Idle as the narrator yeah and it is I don't know how long it goes cuz I got through 20 minutes of it <laughs> and it was like an old timey drama I'm yeah. like oh this will be that's a good thing that for these people to do uh but the sheer amount of double entendre jokes yeah to to you're yeah. like, well, this is fine. Yeah, they're getting them all out of out of the gate off the top. We're all mm-hmm. having a good time. It's all nice pantomime-y thing. Jesus Christ! You're just like shut Something up. Something that shut Eric up,
0: Heidel shut loves. Up. He just loves he loves wordplay.
1: Oh, and it's he... great wordplay to the point where you just yeah. go, I can't take it. I can't take it, and I dare anyone to get past a half hour of it. I dare you.
0: Even at the height of Python, he was still writing uh, the writing monologues for Ronnie Corbett because mm-hmm. he could just get that kind of word double talk out of his out of his system that way, you know. Yeah, I know it's... Uh,
1: I, it's I, I kind of avoid puns. Uh, you'll probably be able to find puns that I've done in the past. But I kind of avoid puns because, again, I was really good friends with Roger Fredericks. Mm. And he was such a good guy at puns that when we were writing something together, there was no reason for me to throw in <laughs> puns because he covered that base. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'll just re- do this other stuff. So yeah. whatever I do in comedy, I don't do that as much.
0: Roger's very good at double talk as well. Yes. Yes. It's his mm-hmm. Yeah, In life... And in comedy, I'm trying I'm just to. Conv- joking. I'm trying joking to. Con- Roger.
1: Hey Roger, I'm trying to convince him uh, to do uh, some work for Mad uh, for the tweets because I've oh, been yeah. doing. I've been doing a lot of their uh, mm. tweeting now okay. in the mornings. Uh, yeah,
0: you 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 send me a message. Yeah, and impressed me to no end by telling me that <laughs>
1: this was weird. Yeah, Wit
0: Stillman, yes, my a director I love, of course, uh, liked one of your tweets. Yeah. That's really it was good. a
1: tweet. It was a tweet that I wrote, and I can't remember what it was now. Darn. But it was one for I can look it up, and I'll tell. I'll sh- I'll show you later.
0: Uh, but uh, that's it, great for the
1: listeners. It's fine. Here's the thing: if you want to know what tweets I do for Mad, uh, look at my uh, Twitter page. Yeah, I don't follow then, you on Twitter. And see, oh, uh, well, I, I know. <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing, Dave. But he doesn't follow me, if you know what I mean. Doesn't get it. Um, <laughs> that's, if uh, that's what I meant. if I retweet a mad tweet, mm-hmm. that's one of my
0: tweets. That's one of your tweets. Okay. I like
1: I like other tweets, but I will yeah. only retweet the ones only I retweet. do as my secret code for this is what I do. Oh, okay. okay. But yeah, uh, Witt Stillman, uh, I saw you know Wit yeah. Stillman like this tweet, and I was like, oh, do I follow Wit Stillman? <laughs> and I was like, oh, apparently I I follow Wit Stillman. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: I don't. We, but Sneaky Dragon does. It's weird. Okay. So you must have followed on Sneaky Dragon because I don't remember following it with Stillman. And
1: then there was an odd thing that happened like a couple hours later, where I got like some sort of post, you know, liked by uh, uh, Steven Soderbergh, and I'm like, uh, but that was on Facebook, and I'm like, am huh? I friends with Steven Soderbergh? And yeah. then I'm like, nah. Yeah, apparently, I'm friends with Steven Soderbergh somehow. That's okay, I don't know what happened back in yeah, the day yeah. that that occurred. But mm-hmm.
0: yeah. What's well, when you, from when you when you're in Out of Sight? Mm-hmm. His second best film. First one being Haywire,
1: very nice. All right, uh, but yeah, that was kind of. You can disagree
0: with me if you want. Oh, I like but both then we'd both be wrong. No, I like I like both of them. So what's that? Sorry, what? I like both of them.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I them. was ju- I was just gonna say that uh, you should follow uh, what's still on on on, on your. Uh, Twitter. I should
0: I should I've learned actually that uh, the value of following people on Twitter, which is well, like well, I like what I'm doing now is I try to follow ba- bands or musicians that I like on mm-hmm. Twitter because then you can find out where they're touring. Yeah. Like, I never would have known that Field Music were touring through the United States a couple of years ago if I didn't follow them on Twitter. Because there's nowhere else you're going to hear about especially them playing in Seattle. Like, where am I going to hear about that? You know, I'm unconnected to Seattle. So, uh, yeah. Because I like to go watch concerts. So I'm going to go see one on May 8th, hopefully.
1: Oh, uh, one of theirs?
0: Uh, no. Um, there's a guy coming just across the street here. Oh, at uh, the Fox? Yeah, Ezra Furman's coming to town. So, I'm going to go see it.
1: I was going to go. He's going to play at the Go Ballet Studio?
0: He's going to go play at the ballet studio. Yes, he's a... A ballet artist. Yeah. He's really I mean, on point. He's really on point. He's really... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any other French. He's really... Needed. <laughs> you, okay. He's really meter.
1: All right. You know no other French.
0: Yeah, I don't know any.
1: Did you study it in university? He's
0: very casserole. Did you study about. French in university? I did. Money well spent. Yep.
1: Do you think you could pick up French again, like, uh, fairly fast?
0: I can speak French. I'm, or I can't speak it, but I can read it. All right. I can read it quite fluently.
1: And have you been to Montreal ever?
0: No. I, I have think- been to France. That's the birthplace of French.
1: <laughs> that is Okay, I can't disagree with that. Quebec
0: is where I went to die. Oh, Quebec, what a burn. All
1: right, yeah, bring that stuff up there, <laughs> see how that flies. I think you would like Quebec, though.
0: I would love to go to Quebec. I'm, yeah. not, I'm just joking, of course.
1: So what we're saying is, invite us to I'd Quebec also like to, go to, to, to sign some stuff uh, bookwise.
0: I would also like to go to Acadie, the Worst Maritimes, time? the French part of the Maritimes.
1: Oh, where like, is Acadie. that located, specifically?
0: Uh, mostly New Brunswick was okay. where the heavy... French population was was there at one time before the English gave them the marching orders right. and they went all the way down to that Louisiana. That's
1: where my mom is from. Yeah, she's, uh, she's mm. from the, yeah. definitely the French. Some of them of the stayed behind
0: but many moved down to that's where Cajuns come from. Oh, I Acadians. Didn't know that. Cajuns. See, the Cajuns came, oh. came out And of that. when
1: did they start doing all that spice on like uh alligators? When did <laughs> they start doing that?
0: I don't know when did they start playing washboards? That's a better question to me.
1: I would assume when they were doing their washing.
0: Yeah, they just started like picking out a rhythm. That
1: really just seems like that would definitely just come up while you're doing it and go like, Mm. have a little sing song while you're out there.
0: Yeah, Just some fun. Don't really like that music. All
1: right. Well, then don't follow them on Twitter.
0: Not really into it. But you know, that reminds me though. Is that the most, I don't want to call it. Is that the, well, maybe in in terms of- Is that
1: the worst use of a wash? In Western
0: civilization? No, no. I think in Western civilization, is the accordion the most like- omnipresent musical instrument. Like, it's in every culture. Hmm. It doesn't matter where you go. Like, you think, oh, it's only used for polka. Oh, no, no. No, like, people like in like Irish folk tune, Scottish folk music, klezmer. English folk music, Spanish music, yeah. French. Everyone's playing. Yeah, klezmer. Everyone's got the accordion. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's... I guess it was such a, like...
1: It seems like it does the most. You can do a that's lot the thing. with
0: it. Yeah, yeah. It's a keyboard.
1: It's also portable.
0: It's portable. You can squeeze it. You don't need to have any power to make it work. Yeah. It can play, like... A, it can do a lot of... Like things because you've got on one side you have the key keyboard, yeah, but then you also have like the, the buttons I don't have no idea what the buttons do actually, but but yeah, so you can do like all that kind of sc- sc- hurdy gurdy stuff, yeah, I know
1: like two people that are actually very well known accordion players internationally mm. uh and uh yeah, apparently it, it travels well,
0: well, I guess because it's in almost every. Anywhere it traveled, people went, I recognize the value of this instrument. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like in Russian music. It's all over the place. It's crazy. And it's in
1: every Weird Al album?
0: Will he play the accordion.
1: He certainly does, yeah. sir. He yeah. certainly does. Yeah.
0: Well, his name says, I play the accordion. Which part? His last name. Al? Yankovic.
1: Oh, very good. Yeah. I was going to the weird part or the Al part? I couldn't no, understand No, no, his last name one. is not Al.
0: <laughs> last name is not L. Al. All right. You thought Yankovic was just that addition, sort of, was like Russian for junior? It's
1: a funny name. Could have been made up. I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: If you're if you're starting a funny polka band, mm. it's not the worst name. No, you're right. You know the Schmengies aren't their real names.
0: <laughs> well, that's a comedy. But bit. they
1: both actually play those instruments. So do they? They both play the clarinet and the so. accordion. I think so. Yeah.
0: I think I've, I think I have heard that before, but I just you saying that amazed me once again. So talented those people.
1: Yeah. Let's watch SCTV from the very beginning. Oh, jeez.
0: That's this another show where there's a lot this of yelling. Is rough,
1: yeah. Of course it is. A lot of yelling in the first because season. they're used to like doing live shows yeah. in front of tourists. And so these sketches need to wake up the tourists.
0: Yeah, and you really yeah. got to put yourself out there.
1: I mean, you've got your... Again, mm-hmm. I've done a cer- certain amount of like live sketch shows. Yeah. And you've got your yelly sketches yeah. that you know will wake up the crowd when you're going out. And they're either not expecting... Uh, you there, that could be, you could be a surprise. Those yes. have to be quite yelly. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, you're at a festival and you got to get their attention off the top. It's mm-hmm. a so get a little attention. Sure. Or it could be like a really classy festival, in which case you don't need the yelly sketches. Mm. And then you see people who bring out their yelly sketches and you're like, brother, <laughs> come on, you don't need the yelly sketches. It's like doing your dirty sketch and like, yeah. brother, yeah. you don't need
0: your dirty sketch. I don't need it here. It's the yeah. classy.
1: I remember going to the uh, Canadian Comedy Awards one year and uh, there was like five of us that were up for, uh, award for sketch group and we did not we did not win that year uh but we all did a sketch okay and the other four all had sketches that were sex-based mm-hmm. and two of them had sketches that ended with characters naked on stage okay and it was like i get this because in yeah. your normal show this is the sketch that people go Whoo! but in an environment like this where people are like oh we we think that you're good which is why you're here yeah yeah just do your uh, do something interesting do something a little uh, bit of a thinker and uh, people will be on board with it. it'll be fun and uh, ours did quite well and you know the other ones did fine and people like nudity, but it was like oh, everyone's doing their uh, dirty sketch. Okay,
0: fair enough. It really depends on the venue, how intimate it is and there's a lot of things that are a lot of variables yep in being blue.
1: And it's a nice thing about doing sketch is often you can go oh and juggle it around. And uh, mm. take this out, add this in, yeah. swippity-swap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When we went and we did our show in England, that was a big thing. Where It was just like, ah, this should be here and this should be here. We should okay. tone this down and we should put this up. Okay. All right, got it. And uh, it was interesting. Though it was great performing in England because they know uh, they go to theater on a regular basis. Mm. So it was like, oh, they get it. So we don't have to do You don't have to show
0: them where the seats are.
1: You don't have to show them how th- shit works. Yeah. <laughs> there was actually a discussion we were having about that today on Facebook um which was uh, there's a, there's a, a big movement against the standing ovation being uh, so common
0: yeah i don't like i don't like the so
1: yeah and uh and my theory in vancouver is we've got so little theater that people don't know what to do at the end no. and my comparison is yeah. people that go to church for christmas or easter and they don't know when they have to stand or say anything Yeah. you know like they're looking around Luckily. like i guess they're standing now this is what we do yeah. They just don't. They just
0: don't know. Mm-hmm. But
1: if again, I keep bringing up England like it's the greatest thing in the world. But oh, people, it's so great. But people in England know. Yep. Well, this was a good show, but it wasn't a standing show.
0: Yeah. Thank it's, you. Very yeah, good. That's right. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Spam a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that was fine. We enjoyed ourselves. Yeah. We yeah. had our
0: ice cream, and now we're done. Do you know why? Do you know why that is? Do you know why that is that way there?
1: Why the uh, standing ovations? I would yeah. assume because of the days of Shakespeare when they had rats. And they had to stand up to make sure that no rats went up their legs oh. at the end of a show. Because it had been so long they had to shake the rats out.
0: I was going to say because of right-hand drive. But that actually makes more sense. <coughs> now that you say that. Fair enough. Seems, seems better than mine. My reason. My reason was dumb.
1: What's the best live show you've ever seen, play-wise?
0: The best play I've ever seen? Well, this is going to sound weird. But I've never seen a play. No. One of my favorite plays I ever saw was one you and I went to.
1: I think I might
0: know which one this would be. No, you don't. All right, then. I might blow your mind here. This was a play. All right. Do you want to guess before I say it? Like,
1: I was going to say Noises Off, but go
0: ahead. Oh, Noises Off was very good, very good. But this one I found fascinating in, in, in a way that always stuck with me. All right. Which it was Walt and Roy Disney yes. on the on the eve of the release of Snow White, mm-hmm. when their studio was on the brink of bankruptcy, and all their eggs were in this one basket, this one movie basket. They had They had eight eggs in a basket. <laughs> and it just... And I've I've always marveled at that play because something like noises off can work in different ways.
1: It was both a farce and a parody of a farce.
0: Yeah, and it's something that could play in a movie. It could be, it could, you know, it can play. It can be different things. But this show, it felt like it could only be a theater piece. Okay. Because you need that intimacy of you and the actors so close together to feel the drama of the characters. You know, and I feel like if you did that, it's it's too small to be a movie. It's too small to be on television because you would, you would remove your, you, you, you put something between you and, and the performers when you do that. And you need that feeling of just being there in the office with them as they go through this tense night, waiting to find out, you know, is it a disaster? Is it good? What, what, what have we done? You know, and I think, and I, and I've often marveled at that as some, as being that theater can do something that no, no other medium can besides maybe you know like the written word which is also very intimate which is mm-hmm. to be so small that you can do something so small and so and so intensely odd in a way because it's such a singular thing to write about but it was very well done and it was very moving and very you know very evocative of how they how the characters felt and i've always liked that I, you know there's lots of plays that i've seen that i liked uh but that one really has always stuck with me as this is an example of what a play could be as well as like being a good play that i really enjoyed mm yeah what about you what is your no around?
1: i was gonna go noises off was one that i went like that was one of the funniest comedies i've seen period mm. yeah it was and very just, good just like uh, great physical mm-hmm. very verbal again i like comedy so that was that mm-hmm. if I, i've also seen i remember seeing frost nixon and that was very very good done live and that sure, was uh, I had could see intimacy that intimacy that uh when i saw the movie i was like oh i'm gonna like this movie am ah, i right with the movie but uh yeah. but i but, but you know what i mean right? form, it's like yeah. yeah it really gets cause you. you need
0: those characters right in front of you you know you need it like for something that that's that small and that personal, mm-hmm. you just it's just, what's great about a play is that you're just right there with them. Especially sure. like we saw the the one I'm talking about at the Back Alley Theater where you guys did theater sports, mm-hmm. and so that was a very small, very small venue. And so they you would really play were. a lot of like mammoth and stuff there. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and I you know I can see yeah and I can see mammoth working like that too. American Buffalo they did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know because yeah just there's certain plays like the film True West I don't think is very good at all. The Altman of uh, Film uh, I seen film, the film version of the yeah, but the stage version is great. You know, it's because it's so stark and so in, right there in front it's of you. It's the same
1: thing to me. Like, and again, it's a well done movie. But who's afraid of Virginia Woolf when you see it live mm-hmm. if it's really kicking? Yeah, <whistles> mm-hmm. that is an uncomfortable, and yet you can't take your eyes off it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, in the theater. Yeah. yeah, no, it's because you know, yeah, it's just something that you're watching and and you re- you're aware of the actors. You know, you have this sort of double awareness, which movies can kind of take away sometimes but a play, you know, you just have the double awareness that it's an actor playing a character and yet it's so gripping that I'm, I can't look away from this. Yeah. And I really I really like that. It element. is almost like
1: a magic trick and that mm. they make you they bring you into something that you know isn't real yeah. and yet you make it you make it real and you buy it. at even sometimes a deeper level than something you'd see that would be real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And something it's interesting is that we we saw we saw the Pride and Prejudice version. You gave me tickets for that, right? That's right. And that worked to some degree. It didn't work to others where they they almost made it too remote from us in the audience. Oh, okay. They didn't bring like when I was watching I was like, "Oh, these, char- these characters should be like state like front of the stage." But they kept putting them back of the stage in sort of these drawing room c- c- scenery. But I kept feeling like, "Oh, we need to have the like, closer to us so that we're seeing, we're feeling them so close, you know." And they just they kept it kind of remote in a way. And I don't I feel like plays should whenever they can have as much front of stage uh, stuff as possible, yeah. you know. But I really, yeah, I really, I really enjoy plays. I don't really see them enough. There's not a lot, and there's Vancouver, not a lot to really. see, yeah. And Le-
1: and a lot of them are, um, you know, kind of traveling things that are, I won't say generic, but they're mm. they're they're popular plays for mm-hmm. tourists to go yeah, and see. That's and possible. Like, yeah, enjoy.
0: Lisa, I, I'm went sorry, and, I didn't
1: see uh, Happy Fun Home. I wish I, I wish I had seen that.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Lisa, um, or went, Fun Home. Sorry, just Fun. Yeah, home. just Fun Home. Lisa went and saw a a play just a little while ago, and it was just down. Like, off of West, whatever it is, West 2nd down there? like you Yes, know, down by that's, a ice new, that's a new theater. Yeah, yeah, and I was surprised there was a theater down there. And she really enjoyed the play. I can't remember what it was, unfortunately. I mean, she went with a friend. Couldn't take her husband to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she went with a friend to see it. And uh, she really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think plays can kind of surprise us sometimes, but how much we can enjoy. You know, kind of like, whoa, there's some people talking on stage. Blah, and then you go see it, you're just like, boing.
1: Yeah, I used to, as uh, as as you know, I used to pretend to be a critic and I would uh, go to I was to with place. you uh yeah <laughs> uh, and uh and yeah i saw a lot of a lot of stuff back then mm-hmm. and again you you have you go like was this just nostalgia or i think was, that's
0: how we saw noises off actually
1: that could have been or that could have also been a play that i saw that we saw in high school because no we it, saw
0: it at the vancouver playhouse i know that's what i'm saying oh okay there
1: used to be uh they they, they would have oh, special take tickets for 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 students and then extra so. tickets and yeah, so yeah. it was like it seemed like that could have been, but it's possible. I, don't think so. I gotta yeah. go look if I have like press material. That's how I'll know that I, uh, <laughs> that I did that. Uh, but I, I don't know if it's nostalgia, but I do feel like back in the day, there were just more plays and, uh, and just a, a lot of stuff to see more so than, more so than now. I think because the theater's got a bit bigger here yeah. they've got to be uh they got to put on a Sweeney Todd yeah, so that yeah. everyone wants to come and see mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. eh, Sweeney Todd's fucking fine but it's like you're not going to get that kind of mid-range weird yeah. play that you would get yeah. back then yeah. we're You'll missing get the small and you will the large is just too large and it's just too
0: bah! yeah we're missing a nice black box size but I don't know. I haven't been to that theater that's near you. No, nope, and neither about. have I. And yeah. this
1: is actually one of my goals to see a bunch more theater. Mm. I'm, I'm currently trying to write something uh, with uh, TJ Dawes, who's an amazing uh, writer. Uh, so, you know, I, I do want to see more theater to kind of get back into mm. that. And this was something I was talking about with my, again, my wife. Uh, we're talking about how we've kind of really changed what we've done over the years, like mm. the type of stuff that yeah. we've done and worked on. And we're like, well, where are we going to be like in 10 years? And we both were like, well, plays. Well, yeah, clearly plays. That's what we're going to be doing. probably doing plays and vr those are the two (laughs) things that you know uh, such different things but that's that's probably what it is but i've always yeah i wanted to do like more like live theater Mm. i i I do love the 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 reaction of that and i wish in canada uh we 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 sold ice cream at an interval like they do it in england
0: that would be nice because i'm a big fan of ice cream
1: it makes people happy god damn it Mm. it makes people happy like your throat feels better yeah now you want to laugh more you feel good Mm. it's nice everyone's happy
0: yeah instead of booze yeah getting everyone mad
1: that i mean that is a that is a big problem i think that You know, you can order your drinks for the intermission. Oh, that's great. Before, like, so you're planning how much you're going to fucking drink. (laughs) And now you're slamming them down. You got to plan, like, I got to get two in me. Yeah. And so, yeah, you got a drunk second half. Yeah. I mean, that always disappoints me, like, when I go to a review style theater and I see there's seats down front with tables because I'm like, well, that means you can drink. Yeah. So now the drinkers are down front. So the drinkers are going to get the focus. Yeah. So the people in the back who are like, want to see a show aren't Mm. aren't your main focus. And it's like, yes. gross (laughs) gross <laughs> no good no good again that's why i like the fringe festival sometimes it's like mm. it's so simple the venues are small they're intimate you don't totally know what you're you're into but you you're kind of rooting for them and you're not boozed up yeah yeah Yeah, it's real it's real it's real fun i wish we could have more of that uh throughout the year
0: well it's just the perfect place to see flight of the concords like i did you know there's just two of us in the in the theater Watching these guys. I don't know why. Is, this... that, is that right? No, of course okay. not. I'm just joking. <laughs> <'Cause that's laughs> I've not... never seen them.
1: Oh, okay. Because that's not I know that's truth. a
0: true story. That's a true story. Okay. I know that they came to town here and played to an almost empty yeah. theater. And, of course, I didn't know who they were because the radio show hadn't made it over from England yet. So and no. even
1: later on, my friend Riel Hahn, she, uh, she was in a musical uh, kind of co- – at the comedy festival. And it was like she, she was doing it hard yeah. and firm, Chris Hardwick, okay. and uh, Mark Furman. Not Mark Furman. That's not wrong, Right <laughs> at all. Yeah. Well, the well, XA really controversial uh, yeah. things yeah. he was saying. <laughs> anyway, them and play the the and I believe there was one other band, too, that you'd go, whoa. Mm. And uh, they weren't full. Wow. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, everyone saw a really good show that night.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was it Garfunkel and Oates?
1: That could have been. Okay. That sounds about right.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That's huh? Not, not the real names. No. It upsets people when they find that out, so they didn't want to go see them. <laughs>
1: the thing that upset me the most seeing Garfunkel and Oates show uh saw them at oh it was a big venue i want to say the center actually though that's really type, yeah it was kind of big yeah i think it was mm. like they just rented it out for the comedy festival because it was like a big oh, show okay. or something okay might have been it might have been at the arts club but i think there was something i saw there as well mm. Here was the only thing that bugged me uh tom arnold was the mc yeah. and so they came out and they did their songs and yeah. and uh killed and then tom arnold went like oh you guys are great oh geez so you guys seeing anybody what's going on you guys seeing anybody and I was like, oh no, oh no, don't do that, you creep. What are you gonna do? And then there was uh, another fun thing was like he went into the he went into the audience because like I guess they didn't want him backstage. I don't know how it went, but Paul of Tompkins was performing as well that night, and he did a joke about like I think it was Matt Damon. It was somebody. Uh, but it was someone on a movie set that he was on, and he was just eating a oh, gel- yeah, that's right. Matt gelatinous, Damon, yeah. gelatinous cube.
0: He was – because he was uh, – had just done The Informant. That's what Paul was. Yeah, and he was Paul eating, he worked, was eating a uh,
1: gelatinous cube. And, he went, yeah. and I don't know to this day what that was. And he was going on with his act, and then from the audience –
3: I know what it was,
1: <laughs> and you're like, "Well, that guy's got to get kicked out. Whoever this is, because he's ruining the show." Yeah, and it was like, "Oh, it's Tom Arnold. He's in the audience. <laughs> he's made it to the audience. Now he's talking through this guy's act." It's like, "No, that's a diet thing. That he—that's a specific diet thing that he would do." Do you not know that there's something coming up after this? That's an interesting fact to tell him backstage. Yeah, but it's not. This isn't a back and forth. And you're the fucking MC. <laughs> she so, yeah. Oh my god, it was uh, ugh.
0: Huh, master of catastrophe. Yeah, and he has. We missed. uh, He uh, he didn't understand what MC stood for.
1: No, and also, hey, if you've got a tape of Trump saying the N-word, fucking release it, buddy. Let's stop teasing that for like a year and a half.
0: I don't think he has that.
1: I don't think he does either. I couldn't believe that I could be more disappointed with Tom Arnold, but apparently (laughs) I can. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I thought True Lies was the was the bottom but the basement. Now it's gone on. No, no True Lies was. Uh, True ah, he, Lies was, was, he fine. was good in True Lies.
1: Yeah, that was the thing where you went like, oh, maybe this guy's got a shot to be. Uh... Yeah, he's
0: got. A, this is a good good character actor here.
1: Yeah, he's going to take some work away from Jim oh, Belushi.
0: Oh, they're going to make him. Oh no, they're going to try to make him a star.
1: And now here comes the stupid's.
4: Mm.
0: <laughs> well, you know, you can't blame someone for taking money when people offer you money, but you really wish that like a character actor would know, like, be like. You know what? This is too much of me. Like we need—I just need to be like the friend. I need to be the guy who comes in and sure. cracks a few funnies and then leaves again. Right. Like you, I don't need to be the—I can't be the movie because I'm just—I'm too abrasive. I'm not an appealing person. No one wants to look at me for an hour and a half. For God's sakes, you know. Like he's just—I'm—I'm t-
1: I'm thinking of other people fine. I want to bring up, but most of them are dead now, and I feel bad. Uh, so I'll Such as whom? And- such as, like, a Rick Dukeman?
0: Franklin Pangborn? No, like, a Long dead.
1: No, right, Rick Dukeman. Okay. Um, but... Uh, but he
0: never got to be a leading person.
1: He... Okay, he got a lot oh, of... I t- don't know why I couldn't say leading He got man. a lot of TV stuff, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in a lot of things. And then he was in a lot bur- of stuff, but, but... the Burbs was, like, his... Oh. his launching point. Oh, is that right? I of didn't the realize. co-star of the but, Burbs But that, that was Thomas. Tom Hanks
0: was the star and of And
1: him on the poster together. Oh, okay. Duo act. Oh. There. Uh, you know. And you'll see him every that's year when you watch uh, Die Hard, if you watch it every year as I do, as yeah. the guy in the manhole going, I don't think I should do this. Do it. Alrighty. And he yeah. does it.
0: Yeah. Oh I mean, he's good at that. That's that's where he that's that's where he shines.
1: Yeah, he should be in a man a manhole. He should though. be in a
0: manhole at all times. But
1: here's someone who I think uh <laughs> went the right route with that kind of thing or is currently going through the right okay, route with that Okay, let's thing. hear this though oddly enough, uh oh here's okay. I'm gonna say now someone who else went like, Oh, it's too bad. Okay. Um but someone who for a while was almost the most successful of the saturday night people of his generation even though he didn't consider himself an actor dennis miller dennis miller was in like a lot of things where like he was all right yeah. and you're like oh he's in the net uh, i don't like the net then, but Oh, but he's pretty good he's yeah. the best friend and there's
0: some in that but there's a, there's a scary movie where he's a he's bordello of blood bordello of blood yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife's actually in it very very briefly oh. um she's extra uh but yeah you're like oh before he went uh, sad and uh, you know uh but some uh, we have learned
0: that it takes him a long time to make a joke
1: oh my stars
0: that was funniest. what thing are you thinking
1: that. what are you thinking well that was mean i'm gonna come up with some mean jokes on wednesday okay wimpy you do that and you pay me back for that burger then sir yeah cha-cha all right i will what are you thinking brother what are you thinking um so so I'm
0: uh, going to th- throw a th- throw a threat down that's going to have this woman quaking in her boots, fellas. Hey, everybody.
1: 1988's going after 2018. Ooh, who's going to win that fight? Well, mm, We'll see. Uh, but here's the person who I think is doing it well is Jim Gaffigan.
0: Jim Gaffigan. You
1: will see him in a lot of like yep. artsy movies. Mm-hmm. He'll play a side character, and he'll always be good. Yeah. And you'll, then you'll go, oh, yeah, Jim Gaffigan. Oh, that guy's really good. Yeah. And then he'll do like another comedy special, and you'll go, that's fine. Yeah. He's fine. I say it
0: like him. Oh, that's Jim Gaffigan over there. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jim Gavigan. I oh, yeah, I like him a lot. Good. Jim Gavigan. Yeah, he's in the movie uh it's a funny story or something like that. The one where the boy goes uh gets put into a mental institution. Okay. Yeah. He's in has, a lot of stuff. Has Zach Galifianakis in it. He's quite good okay, in that film yeah. as well and Emma Roberts, I think Emma Roberts. My beloved Nancy Drew. Oh. Emma Roberts. Anyway, um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's uh he's one of those yeah, he's well there's a lot of comedians I think who who are really good. As sort of secondary characters because they can they just, they come with a ready built personality.
1: Uh, for a while, Louis C.K. was was that, mm. and maybe one day will be again. But yeah, uh, he was he was good as that kind of side mm-hmm. guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot. I can name another one if you want me to. Go. Cool. Can't remember his name. That's great. But that guy. That's what you mean. know who I mean. You got it. Gary Shandling. Aw. But he's good. Like I. Yeah. I'm probably one of the two two or three people living on the planet Earth at this time who enjoyed his movie he did with Mike Nichols. Oh, like okay. I, I like that movie.
1: He sure didn't.
0: Gary Shandling didn't like it? Oh, no. That's interesting. Why not?
1: Uh, No, he, it was a bit of a nightmare for him. They, they oh. had like horrible falling out oh, during that movie. Yeah, oh, interesting. Thing. Have you not seen The Zen Diaries of uh, Gary Shandling?
0: No, you recommended that I...
1: Let me recommend it again. <laughs> yeah. And hell, just fast forward to that segment and see how I mean, that went. Well, I'll try.
0: I'll try. I mean, I'm, I'm not... I again, like, I, I love like Mike Gary Nichols.
1: Uh, I really like Gary Shandling. Yeah. Uh, I went in going, here we go. But mm. like, Mike Nichols can be a bit of a miss. You know he, he he did a wide variety of stuff. Yep.
0: Yeah. For every for every success like Wolf, there was a complete failure like The Graduate. I'm talking filmically, not commercially.
1: Mm. And he's uh, kind of known. Uh, originally, he was known for his improv. And uh, people Yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I got your joke. God bless. Uh, but like, he's he's well known for his improv. Uh, and uh, oh, improv genius. Yeah. Uh, but who did he admire the most uh, in improv? He went like Ryan Stiles. Really? We're like, oh my gosh, that guy's amazing. Mm. Whose line is it anyway? It like, just blew him away. We're like, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. It's just fantastic. They stop
0: the camera. Mike, that's how they do it. No,
1: they don't. They just <laughs> they just, they just stop play the they just play a lot. They just do it longer than you think it'll do. Mm. They do like a ninety minute show and then they oh, okay. show you uh, a half hour of
0: it. Uh huh. that's the trick. That's kind of stopping the camera. They just stop the camera during the ninety minutes and then turn it on at the right moment. Okay. The cameramen are that good. They know what to do. They sure do. They're on the they're on the ball. Uh well when I sorry i made a no, joke no. about the graduate because it just makes me think of the film barcelona where mm-hmm. the character is criticizing what's uh, stillman with stillman
1: hey did i tell you what's it? he liked a joke of mine this week?
0: i'm very i said congratulations you sure did and i meant it because mm-hmm. i'm not jealous nope. i just think that's great cool i just love the fact that it really
1: increases the chance of him listening to this podcast
0: well if he knew who wrote that if joke <laughs> if he knew if he knew who wrote that joke and if he knew how much he's talked about it on the podcast you just might enjoy it if
1: you follow him on uh on twitter and just keep mentioning him eventually that'll... like beetlejuice he will show
0: up that'll happen i'll have to do that i'll have to like take a picture of all my wit stillman books and all my wit stillman dvds all in a little like pyramid pyramid of power uh no in, the, in
1: you're a real withead is what they say
0: that's what they call me <laughs> a real what what am i a withead Huh? is that the best hmm? that's the best you could do withead yeah it's pretty good the withead is dead is that what you're kind of going for
1: no i was just kind of Rhyming shithead. But okay, go <laughs> ahead.
0: I didn't even get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very close. There's only one letter off. Dang, I'm slow. The
1: wethead is dead. Yeah. 1974 (laughs) reference. (laughs)
0: Classic reference. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. All the
1: old hits, all the old time. Classic. But back to what you were saying.
0: Uh, in Barcelona, there's a scene where they're going to the wedding and the one character is very nervous that the bride is not going to show up. And his cousin, in order to, um, make him feel better, starts telling him about the, about the uh, graduate. Okay. And the fact that, you know, this beautiful woman is going to marry this really good looking guy. And then this jerk. Comes to the window and he's like pounding on it, Elaine! Elaine! And she goes off with him. Yeah. And he says, this is the most unbelievable ending you've ever seen. Like it's, it's, He's horrified at this idea of this movie. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really help his cousin either feel better <laughs> about his impending nuptials, whether the bride is going to show up or not.
1: Kind of hints that it's a happy ending too, which it isn't isn't. Isn't necessarily. I think he's uh, he's not really portraying the end of that movie accurately. I mean, technically, Yes,
0: yes. It's happy a happy stopping. I
1: can't believe that she's going off with him. Yeah. But is she? Yeah. I don't know. Is it Spending a spinning question mark?
0: Is it a, yeah, it's more of a happy stopping place.
1: Right. And uh we shouldn't uh do any spoiler spoilers, but we went to see uh, Infinity War last week. Yep. And we will not spilly spoil nothing. I went to see it again last night in IMAX. And let me say oh. this. The difference was bigger. <laughs> is it better? It was much bigger. Yeah. Way bigger than the screen we saw it originally. Well, that was. A, a bigger movie, that man. That was a
0: pretty small theater. There was way more screen. I had a pretty intimate uh, screening of that movie with the fellow next to me. Mm. Me, he and I together, practically holding hands. We were sat so close. I'm
1: sorry about that. No, it's fine. Normally, we would all be sitting in a We we sat directly across the aisle from each other. So occasionally, I'd look over at you, and I'd see your hand over your mouth or something.
0: (laughs) I was Because he was trying to put his finger in your mouth. Well, that's why I put my... (laughs) So like I say, it was very close. Very, very close. No, I... You know, well, well, I'll just repeat what I said last week in case uh, any any sneakers missed it. But I said I wasn't looking forward to the film. No, nope. I wasn't. Not looking forward to the film. I was just sort of neutral on the idea of the Avengers. Like, you know, so far I've pretty much I pretty much liked all of the the Avengers films, that, or not, of all the Marvel films that I see. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but pretty much like like them all. Pretty much. I don't think they're all great, but I think they're all okay. Okay. And some of them are great. Um, but I just felt like the last Avengers film was such a disappointment to me that i just couldn't i couldn't get any sort of interest up for this film okay i was just kind of like well we'll see what they do with this big giant mess well they really pulled it off <laughs> like, like i was really engrossed in it mm-hmm. i really enjoyed it when we left you made the comment that they really empire strike backed, backed it and i said they surprised themselves and i think that was wrong there i don't think they surprised themselves i think they knew exactly where they were going unlike empire strikes Back, which i think surprised people who were in, involved in it when the screenplay uh, yeah. went? I don't in think. Ways. I don't
1: think star, the original Star Wars movies planned a lot.
0: That's what I. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, I, they I think had a that, lot of lucky landings. Yeah, so. and I think George Lucas probably looked at this Empire Strikes Back script when he got like the whole thing back and went, "What the fuck? This is a really good idea, guys." Like, I it was, I wasn't even thinking this. I wasn't thinking this is great. But you know, it's yep. it uh it, <laughs> it is pretty anyway. But this movie, yeah, it's it's a very good film. It's very long. I got a really sore bum mm-hmm. near the end of the film, and but I think it really really worked my daughter is incredibly angry at it okay incredibly angry at the film young and i think people, that's fine
1: young people seem to be that more than uh yeah us old bitter we, we, we've
0: lived through this before we've we've already been through the dark yeah. the dark trilogy uh you know it's it could it could turn out happily it may not turn out happily i have no idea what's the next chapter yeah brings. it
1: depends what you consider happy too maybe it's a happy ending for for you you weirdos
0: that's right we'll see <laughs> oh oh my gosh
1: okay hey. we're gonna cut that
0: what because oh. you just
1: did a huge spoiler oh did i yeah
0: I will cut that out then. Alright, good. I'll cut that out. So I never I didn't say anything.
1: And we're Well hey, we had a time skip there. What
0: happened, Dave? <laughs> I don't know. I had to edit out a little bit of the show. Oh, good on you. I That's spoiled you. That's nice. It. Do
1: you need to like look at what time this was? Would that help you when editing later or are you gonna listen to the I whole I just listen to the
0: whole show anyway. Alright, very good. It's so boring, but, but I you do know, it.
1: here's here's uh here's the thing. Like I, I was I really did enjoy it and for some reason someone was playing uh, an old Russo Brothers scene from um from uh Winter Soldier. And mm-hmm. I was like, boy, I remember really liking Winter Soldier, but I wonder if it was really as good as I remember. And they were just showing the scene where it's like, it's it's just on the road and it's a chase scene. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah, it's it was well just been. like, it was an incredible scene that was so different than what they did in Civil War. That was so different than what they did in this mm-hmm. film. And you're just like, geez, these, these, uh, these folks know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, Winter Soldier is still, uh, still the better film. I think
1: of, I think it is. Yeah. I think it's the best... Of the of the bunch is the most solid, the uh, yeah, you know for
0: sure, and the action scenes are very good. I found the fight sequences in um, Civil War to be a little too much fast cutty kind of stuff, sure. where you, where you didn't really get a sense of people were actually fighting each other, which they probably weren't. There's probably a lot of CGI yeah. and stuff happening, so you know you need to cut around that and ha- kind of hide it from from us. Dummies. I'm gonna
1: say there was here's here's one of my my few things that I didn't like about this this movie. Oh, spoilers everyone! There was too many scenes Uh-oh. of people touching the side of their face. And then their mask magically going away. Okay. And I'm like, too many people have this. Where it's like, Tappy, tappy <laughs> yeah. Vanish. Yeah. Where it's not special anymore. Like, mm. there's one scene where Spider-Man just pulls off his mask. I'm like, there you go. Mm. But then from that point on, everyone's got Tappy Face, mask go poof. Yeah. I'm like, meh, all right. I get it. I get it because we want to do this fast and you want to see everyone's mush. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that. Uh, Gets to it. But, like, too many people have this uh, vanishy thing where it's not special <laughs> no more.
0: Uh yeah, it was interesting. It, you know, I guess if you had a complaint about the film, it's just that
1: too many people named Benedict in it. <laughs> <That's> two. <laughs> no, that's too too many. Too too many Benedict's. Yeah. And this guy's named Wong. Oh, what's his real name? Wong. Well, shut up then. Shut up with that. The character's
0: name in the. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wong th- is played by a name it, Wong. That's typecasting. You can't do that. No. That doesn't. No good. That not scan at all, sir. <laughs> not good. Uh, the no, I feel like, but I mean, it's a dumb, it's a dumb, it's a dumb complaint because basically the movie. Is like the kind of the the culmination of all these other films, so all these other films have set up all these characters, and this film in no way like, you know, like if you came into like this movie and you didn't know anything about what about the Marvel universe, uh-huh. yeah, it would just be like a confusing, stupid mess to you, like because okay. it would just. Like, you wouldn't understand people's backstories and what their motivations are for what they're doing and why this is important. Okay. And, and you know, and you wouldn't understand, like, why Captain America is this way and why Tony Stark is that way. And, you know, the different things about but it, But right? have
1: you, okay, in that scenario, now let's go with, like, someone who has not seen any of the Marvel mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. Have you lived in, Is this person lived in North America their whole life?
0: You can live in North America and not know anything about comic books.
1: No, no, not comic books. Yeah. But you live in North America. Yeah. You know what Spider Man is. You've seen yeah. the symbol. Like, I don't know sports. You know Spider Man. But, but I know enough about sports that if someone made a joke about sports in a movie, yeah. and that's a specific joke about someone specifically, I get it. It's mm-hmm. a joke about a touchdown or whatever. I see, yeah, yeah. like, uh, you know, I see an outfit. I'll go, I get that. But you, you're going, like, Spider Man yeah, is but, so, it's like Superman level mainstream. But that that's like, a good
0: example for you, though. Like, say you were watching a football game or a hockey game or whatever. Kay. It would have no emotional meaning to you because you haven't you're you don't really super understand the game very like well so it, a lot it of it would be confusing. who i'm in the room with but yes let it be confusing and then you would have no you'd have nothing invested in what you're watching because you you know if you watch a season of football you watch a season of hockey when it gets to the playoff let's say and let's say yeah. that infinity is kind of like Infinity. Sure. this movie is kind of like it's playoff, the playoffs so, yeah, yeah okay. uh the first half of the super bowl all right I guess whatever movies are coming in next will be the halftime shows and then we'll get the all right, But you thought half. it was
1: the Super Bowl but you were wrong.
0: <laughs> so when you get to you know I just and I feel the same way about somebody who would come into this movie and hasn't seen all the Hasn't watched the entire season of, of football or hockey. Right,
1: but here's let me let me take your example and, and expand on it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a guy who like I haven't seen the uh, I haven't watched football all year. Yeah. I got tickets to the Super Bowl. I'm going with my friend. Yeah. I'm going with you. Yeah. I'm sitting next to you. Yeah. And I'm in a room. I'm in a giant stadium full of people. Yeah. Who know what's going on. Sure. So I'm gonna get from the reaction of them. I'm gonna get sure what's going I'm on. I'm not saying
0: you. You're gonna you're gonna get it. And also I will
1: know who like depending on the city. I think you're gonna
0: understand everything though. All
1: right, but I won't understand everything. You're right, but I'll get it. Like I'll get like when everyone's going Bia I'm like, oh there you go, and the score went up and and everyone's cheering. (laughs) And I understand. And I get who the good guys and bad guys are because Mm. of who you are. I'm rooting for whoever you are because you're my friend. Yeah. And, you know, you get who the bad guys and good guys are. Yeah. So you're watching. You're like, eh, I think you're watching the movie. You're like, hey, there's Spider-Man. I know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. No matter what. I know who Spider-Man is. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, there's this guy. Oh, it's the Hulk. Well, I know who the Hulk is. And the Hulk.
0: You may look- not.
1: No, you know who the Hulk is. I, I, would, I don't think you can live in North America doubt, and not know who the Hulk is. I honestly
0: doubt that there. Are pe- I, I, mean, I shouldn't say doubt. You've I've watched. I'm pretty what, certain what, there uh, people- if you've
1: never had a television set, if you've never had any, experience, yeah. like it's not a comic book thing. The Hulk is cultural.
0: The Hulk, I guess you're right. There was a TV show, so
1: yeah. And the Hulk is again on everything that
0: my dad thought was dumb.
1: But my dad wouldn't let us watch it because mm. it's too violent. Okay. Um,
0: we had no. So the only thing we were allowed to watch because of violence was SWAT. Oh which gunplay.
1: Okay, that's uh, that sounds fair. Uh, but I think like if you were in the audience fair to me. I, I think if you were in the audience even if you didn't know who the characters were, yeah. you would ride the reactions of everyone around. I and guess. also jokes are jokes. But I... and there's enough good jokes mm-hmm. that I think like, you know, you would uh, you would laugh at like Sure, uh, sure know, yeah, there's there's, there's visi- jokes. There's yeah. physical comedy
0: yeah. that traps uh, get...
1: is doing that you're like that's just funny no matter what ch- thing you're watching. Yeah
0: but you wouldn't you would get some jokes other jokes would go over your head because Who's they're in love? references they're in love.
1: i get it cuz they did in love stuff
0: but you wouldn't it wouldn't mean the same to you like yes you you see it but it wouldn't have any it wouldn't mean it cuz you haven't okay. seen the development of the romance you, but, you but, know. Here, but do
1: you need it because it
0: looks like yeah here. i think i, I, don't, I would don't you know. recommend well, seriously honestly yeah. would you recommend someone who had never seen a marvel film to start with Mar- with infinity to. wars no, be I honest would
1: say, i wouldn't say to start with, but here's what you get out of it. It's like, uh, if the villain in this, Kay. you've never seen before. You've seen his cameos. Uh, no has, yeah. You've yeah. seen cameos, but he's not reacting in, here's the weird thing about yeah, the character anytime you see him in other movies yeah. he's doing this <laughs> it's like he's not <laughs> in this yeah. he's a radically different character than he is in the other movies mm. and they introduce you to him and then they keep unfolding who this guy is and here's the people that he works with well what's his plan his plan is this and you're introduced to the whole villain thing the villain mm-hmm. has th- has nothing uh, that you need to know from previous movies at all yeah, he's that's his true. own shit that's true. and then they go like oh well what's his relationship with this character it's this oh you're gonna explain that to me yeah it's this and we're going to give you uh, a backstory about that and show you a flashback oh i get it and what's the deal with her and this guy they're in love how do i know because they didn't love shit oh i got it okay what's these guys well this guy clearly is the mentor of this guy yeah i got it you're playing that out for me really well uh-huh. This guy's smug asshole. This guy's smug asshole. This guy wants to do this. This guy wants to do that. Yeah. You could go into it and you yeah. would get it. There's nothing that you're like, I, wait a minute. There's a lot of- What does the Black Panther really like? And you're like, you yeah. don't need nothing. He's defending, don't need that. He's but- defending his land. You're the king. You're defending your land. Sure, Got sure. it. I mean, but there's
0: tons of characters around him that you don't know you have no idea who they are but you his get sister it. his sister who is she?
1: I'll tell you who she is
0: but, but you she... don't know yes, you do How do you know
1: because you don't need to know even that he's she's his sister. It's like what's she doing? Yeah hi I got this uh, guy and I'm doing yeah. this thing to him Oh what what's that Well you're mm-hmm. the science person yeah
0: I get it but you're not gonna feel the threat of her situation. The way you do because you know who she is and you're rooting for her. Well, but they because she's just it. a she's just a minor character Yeah, to and you. she is a minor character. So, ugh, just just, uh, just kind of fodder. You her. get
1: more out of it if you've seen the previous yeah, ones. Yeah, yes. yes. That's what but I'm saying. But everyone unfolds that's my who point. they are instantly. To a degree. Yeah, I don't to think there's anything that you leave going. Uh, if you if you hadn't seen the previous movies, you go like, yeah. well, why do they care about this? Yeah. Who are these guys? They sure. just go no, it's a uh, they're the space guys, huh? Yeah. yeah. You they're the New York guys, huh? Hell, oh, he's magic? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I've seen magic. But these before. are all these
0: are all these are all uh surface things you're talking about. It's not the it's not the deeper elements of their character. It's not Bucky and Captain get... Rogers and Steve, sorry, and Steve Rogers. But
1: they don't have anything in in this. They don't have anything that we I know, need the deeper thing. But we thing know out.
0: it's there. So when they come together we're like, yes.
1: For like, you know, for like literally 10 seconds. 10 seconds, yeah. Yeah. Because this movie, movie just goes two so and a, fast. At two and a this half, movie yeah, goes so right. fast. I mean, you it's just right. everything is. You're picking up details. Yeah. But the grand overview of mm. what's this evil force? Yeah, He's yeah. got this plan. They're laying all that sure. out for you. Sure. And yeah, you could, uh, you could go. I would be very curious to see someone uh, not have seen the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then. See yeah. It. And then- and like, I, why this? I would this say
0: one? more as an argument, but I can't because I'd be giving away spoilers. I, so I, I And can't. you know,
1: here's my—I I was thinking this the other day, and I went like, you know what? I'm a real Dave about this thing, and let me tell you why. Because um, <laughs> we, what you sir, yeah, you sir. I don't want to make any accusations, <laughs> but you sir did a Beatles co- podcast once. <laughs> anyway, uh, that is very true. And I was—I was part of said Beatles. Yeah, podcast. you were. And uh, near the end of the Beatles podcast, like I think the second to last episode, yeah, uh, you said to me. Uh, but I love the Beatles, so it's all great.
0: <laughs> yes. and
1: and 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 there was and at the time I was like, well, why are we doing this? That yeah. if everything's great, yeah. then why are we talking about it? Mm. Because everything's great. Yeah, and but then. Uh, I feel like, to me, the Marvel movies, with very rare exceptions, yeah. are great to me. Yeah. And I love yeah. them all I know. in their own way. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, no, I just, I, I love all these movies. Mm-hmm. And you can go like, yeah, but you know, Ant-Man wasn't very, yeah, I know, I don't care, I still love it. And I feel yeah. the same way I think that you feel about the Beatles. Yeah. It just like is so up my alley, It's so connects yeah. with me. And it
0: taps into something that you've had through your whole childhood that you're bringing into these films. And not just And comics. these films aren't disapp- disappointing you either, they're just... Yeah, you know, they're, and not just com- they resonate, and not just because I they... like
1: comics, but kind of like how I feel about things, mm. you know, and and how I feel about the world around me, and I think yeah. it reacts. I think it it states things about the world that I think are important mm-hmm. in a way that, to me, I felt comics used to do when I was young. Not necessarily that they copy the comics, yeah. but they do the same thing that the comics did for me. It's very important
0: so. to you that the world has continuity.
1: Oh, that would be nice. Hope
0: so. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, wh- well, when I said the. Everything's great. What I mean is that it can you can have something at two levels, right? You can love something and think it's great, but yeah. it doesn't mean that you don't have a critical eye for well, sure, it, sure. and that you understand that there are elements that aren't you know.
1: There's a film called The Incredible Hulk that's in this
0: mix. <laughs> there you go. Okay, and I, I, sure. I you know sure. sure yeah Incredible Hulk, um, Doctor Strange, you know the first first Captain America film, uh, disagree, Sp- disagree. Iron Man two, again um, like it yeah. See, yeah. those are just movies that they don't work for me because I don't I don't have any. Any, any investment in them, sure. So I'm just going in, and these are just like blank characters to me, and I'm just like, well, what's going to happen in this movie?
1: Huh. I, I, I Bad say, American
0: accents are what's going to happen I'll, in this I'll, movie. I'll
1: say this thing, and this does not spoil anything about the movie, yeah. but Iron Man goes against uh, some crazy characters in this. They're like incredibly powerful characters. Mm. And I, 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 watching that the second time, I went like, this guy used to have troubles with a guy with whips for hands. And that was a <laughs> that was a real issue with that guy. I was like, ah, that whip hand guy yeah, should yeah. not yeah. have been a problem at all. Well, he just, Fly up in the sky, he was shoot learning. down the yeah. end, he was drop a car learning, on
0: him. He's learning his powers. Yeah. He just hadn't quite got there yet.
1: Yeah. No, Whiplash, no. (laughs) Admittedly, Whiplash cutting the racing car in half, Mm. nice visual. It's cool. Uh, uh, Iron Man stepping into the suitcase, the the suit forming around him, Mm. that's nice. Mm -hmm. There were some problems later on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but those those movies suffer from what to me is the weakness of all those films is that the, their continuity problem, their continuity problems, and that you need to introduce. Like, we have to get Black Widow in this movie so people will understand. So when we have her introduced in Avengers, everyone knows who Black Widow is. Yes, we need to have this happen in this film, and this happen. You know, and so and that
1: here's the thing that happens now is people now watch the movies. Yeah. and they go, oh, and now you read extra extra mm. stuff into it. Mm. There was a thing like. Uh, uh, but because I only
0: watch a movie once, it has to work for me the one time I watch it, not as a retrospective. Every
1: time a new one of these movies comes out, yeah. uh, they release all of them, you know, for cheap on digital. Mm. And then people buy them all and they watch them all. Or they have a marathon and they watch them. And then, you know, you get these little details that you're like, oh. And, and again, I'm wondering if they're Empire Strike backing it and fluking into this stuff. Or yeah. if they're like, hmm. There's one, there's like an example. I'm exam- sure it's a mix of both. Example was, and again, I wasn't a big fan of uh, Thor at the time uh it's another another week one right but thor gets uh, and this is my again i'm bringing out my wife a lot but uh pia brought this up this week where she was going oh yeah uh she was watching she was watching thor and colson is interviewing thor after he cat- captures him and uh, uh thinks he's a mercenary and he thinks like where are you from are you is south african mercenary and i'm like south african mercenary well that's a weird thing it's like oh right because claw is 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 on his radar? Cause Claw is the South African mercenary who's going after all the vibranium, and it's like, yeah, there's a new metal that just fell from the sky. Of course, it would be a South American mercenary. He'd expect to come when a Claw, uh, Claw's guys to 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 get it.
2: Oh, I see. You know, and
1: it's like, yeah, that all that all makes sense. <laughs> this is a small little thing, yeah, but I'm just like, eh, that's great. And the, and the dumb scene with Hawkeye that you know when you watched it the first time it was like who's that guy yeah. what's this about why is he
0: sitting in a tree for the entire movie yeah
1: now you're just going eh, that's Hawkeye that's he, neat
0: he doesn't go to the bathroom wow well, ever that's
1: what he, he's got a quiver for <laughs> <him>. <laughs> and then or, they, or he just fills up an arrow and he shoots that at a person and oh. like oh no the pee and that's why they call him Yellow Arrow
2: they do. Oh, there. But
1: there's a character called Green Arrow, that's... and that's my joke. Oh. This has been the third time I've explained a joke <laughs> in this fucking show. Sorry. Uh, it's alright.
0: Once again, like, because these things don't, uh, like, okay, shithead, I don't really swear a lot, so that word didn't, <laughs> didn't occur to me. I'm sorry. And also,
1: the phrase shithead really has fallen out of favor.
0: <laughs> Thank God. And then, and then your yellow arrow joke, <laughs> I don't even think of Green Arrow, because I don't think of those characters at all. Like, just You know what I mean? Like,
1: it's a very popular it's, television
0: show. I, but it's called Arrow. It's not called Green Arrow.
1: But he is called Green Arrow in the TV show okay, Arrow. I've never, he was called, I've never seen it. He was originally called Arrow, and now yeah. it's called Green Arrow in the TV show.
0: See, in my defense, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, it's not that I don't care. But yeah. just because when you I'm say that... I'm not doing these
1: jokes for you. I'm doing it for I, the gentle listeners I know, so
0: they don't, they don't need these explanations. You should and, just and, leave me in the Dave, dark. You should just leave me in the dark.
1: Our listeners yeah. are a bunch of nerds. <laughs> they're a bunch of nerds. You don't think they're gentle? Yeah, they're
0: gentle nerds. Oh, sure. gentle nerds.
1: Yeah, the, the gentle nerds of elegant leisure.
0: <laughs> gentle nerds and ladies, who are also nerds. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, gentle nerds of elegant leisure. That's
1: good. Here's here's again my only other problem with the movie is, uh, hey M and M's, you're not Kit Kats. Pull back, pull what? back. What? They're doing too many new flavors. Too many new flavors. Oh, M and M's, uh, plain, lovely. Oh, did you buy them at the theater? Peanut. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Don't like peanut. Almond. I'm, I'm on board. I'm mm, on board. It's okay. It's all right.
0: Yeah. Does it have chocolate with it? Like chocolate oh, yeah. the shell and then? Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, peanut butter. That's eh, not so great. Caramel.
0: <laughs> Trying to get in that no Reese's Pieces yeah. thing. Uh,
1: um, uh, pretzel. Yeah. Okay. Salty. I guess. Yeah, right on. Who needs no, that? No good. Now we're going down. We're really going down. Go now down. we're going, now we're going for like, uh, mint. Mint. Ugh. No, no Ugh. good. Sorry. No. And now look, you've done, uh, you're doing raspberry now. No one wants that. No, no. one wants raspberry. Hmm. calm down like i know that kit kat made all the different flavors (laughs) and people enjoy that uh knock it off m&m's stay in your damn lane yeah yeah Uh, okay listen and also yep uh, i will call myself a hypocrite because i was talking about how much i like the white chocolate m&m's the other day Uh, white chocolate m&m's nice job well stick with that let's 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 keep it tight let's Mm. keep it uh plain peanut almond white and we're good
0: you know what i think i would like white chocolate almonds if they were mixed in with with the chocolate ones but I wouldn't want a whole bag of white chocolate almonds. Or white chocolate uh, almonds. Okay. Else. Well, you know forget what you about can it, forget do? Forget that I said almonds. Buy
1: two bags, mix them together, then you got exactly that's what you want. That's a lot of stuff, but and yeah, have a good idea. you take the green ones out because Van Halen's showing up. <laughs> but if it's the fake, yeah. uh uh you know, David Lee Roth, yeah. uh then don't give him any.
0: There was a reason they did that. Do you know the reason? I do. Would okay. you like to, why
1: don't you say the, what the reason is? Well, the those, reason was, uh, it, gentle listeners.
0: Sure. It, it, made, it, it guaranteed that the people paid attention to the writer. It was just a way of knowing that you know, the actual things they wanted in the writer, which wasn't the green M and M's, but the real important things were okay. also there in the writer for them. You know, so that was a good
1: Okay. So that's why they did that. Why did they sleep with so many groupies? What was what was the lesson to be learned from that? What was the what was the real reason for that? Oh well, that's pretty simple. Okay.
0: Fun. Don't buy it? Yeah. What do you think the real reason No, was? It's fine. <laughs> it's fun. No, it's fine. Most most musicians yep. are quiet, not singers. But most musicians...
1: I'd say singers are quiet.
0: ...are quiet people yeah. who spend a lot of time in the basement sure. l- playing an instrument. Yeah. That's how they get good at what they do.
1: Right. I would include singers in this.
0: You don't get good at what you do by going out and being out there, mm-hmm. playing football, being the, the big man on campus, you know, getting all the girls and stuff like that. So when you know, through lucky fortune mm-hmm. you somehow get a record contract and then are able able to like actually have a career and sure. become popular and become superstars and stuff like that and then out of nowhere people are throwing themselves at your feet mm-hmm. well you just can't say no to that you that would be what? crazy. You can, but still, uh, you can, but, y- 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 but are y- y- you going y- you to? Y- it's can. A, there's a lot of temptation. I would also
1: there. say, I would also say that there's something about that social awkwardness that uh, you don't know really what to do, and so this yeah. makes the most sense. And so it's like, yeah. okay,
0: it's an easy way to get what everyone on the planet Earth wants, except for a very small percentage of people, which is sex. Yeah, it's just an easy way to get sex. Yeah, which when you're young, when you're a young man, and social, yeah, you know, social. Uh, navigation is very difficult. This is like the most direct, obvious, in your li- literally in your face yeah. way to get have sex. To
1: me, it feels like um, to me it feels very similar to you know when so many musicians do heroin, and you're like, why would you need heroin? You're get you you know you're performing in front of people, mm-hmm. they're cheering you, yeah. They love you, yeah. Uh, you can sleep with people. Mm-hmm. You're rich, yeah. You're saying that's not enough. Yeah. I need I need something to really make the bring the pleasure up. Yeah. And I feel that's similar to the the thing with with actually sex. I feel like it's like they want that like really quick hit of pleasure, but it's like yeah. What uh what's uh, what's missing that's that because you could you could have sex like in other ways too that's not the but that's a re- that's a real harrowing way to do it mm-hmm. it's just like we're gonna have we're gonna have this kind of you know thing in the bus and there you are and it's like yeah and again there's if it's consensual then it is and what it is is what it is but like what's uh what's does that work out for people are they happy about that some do i guess some write books about yeah. you know being groupies and they're i don't happy. think well
0: yeah i mean i was actually listening the other day to um a record um called uh permanent damage it's by the gto's girls together outrageously they were a, a group of um of groupies group yeah. of groupies a bevy of groupies i don't know the exact a magnificence of groupies a murder of groupies uh, i don't think murder of groupies is is uh, appropriate but they were a bunch of groupies that kind of hung around like frank zappa like mother invention but they sure. were part of the scene pamela debar is, would be one of them she wrote a famous book about being a groupie um but there are other ones as well. But you know, most of their stories, and and very sadly, you know, like you know, they put themselves in this pl- place, which I don't think is great. And then you know, then they ha- all kind of end up with sad endings because, like you say, pleasure once. You know, there's pleasure, and then, you know, then you have to like find other ways to get the pleasure that you want. And then, and then it just becomes about getting more pleasure. Mm. And then you find cheap ways or easy ways to get pleasure that take you down very dark roads and then sort of end, end with your demise yeah. you know, in many cases. And it's always very sad. When you listen to the album, they're so full of like fun and silliness and talking about all this kind of gossipy stuff about being, you know, about groupies and about people they know. And, right. and, you know, and, and they have like, Rod Stewart's on the album, so obviously you know they were able to like cajole him through various ways into coming to the studio and singing on a song for the mm-hmm. album. Jeff Beck is on it. I'm sure similar circumstances. There's a bunch of people from kind of mothers of invention orbit who are just there because Frank Zappa produced it. So they're like, well, I guess Frank wants me to do some work in this record. I better go do that. He'll get mad. So you know, there's that element of it too. But yeah. but yeah, you can just but it just feels like yeah, there's very little joy to be. <laughs> had in those things it's
1: an interesting yeah it's a, it's definitely it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting world mm-hmm. of uh people that's uh have sex with other people uh for who are connected with fame for fame for fame reasons yeah you're connecting or...
0: you're you're taking on an assumed fame by
1: or there's something there's just something mm-hmm. there's a connection you're part well, you become yeah. part of a world yeah that uh you know and and you are and you are part, part of that mm-hmm. world and and yeah it's like i mean and you've had the thing, you know, of late with, say, a Louis C.K. or a Aziz Ansari or, or what have you where I, and and I think rightfully so that they've discussed the things that have been going on there but there's an element that they very seldom bring up it's like cuz I think I think people don't consider comedians in the same way they think rock stars and I think rock stars get a little bit of a pass cuz you're like mm-hmm. oh well people after a show a rock show yeah. will come up to them and they'll want to sleep with them and they do and there you go and fine that's the way it's always been there we're good yeah. you know uh, it is consent and it's all fine mm-hmm. and, but I think like when it gets to like a, a stand-up comedian You've, it's different and are judged better or worse from a different from a, from a different way but i think like f- yeah fame messes that kind of thing uh mm-hmm. up and really changes the power dynamics where you go like what well what is consent when fame's involved like what is can you you know is the is the is the dynamic so messed up yeah that you as the celebrity or yeah. the other person uh do, 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 do you've got to like do you've got to consider that or do you just go look this person uh, wants to do this. Uh, how dare I? You, you know, do I think I'm so uh, above this person because yeah. I'm because f- I'm famous? That you know, oh no, she, 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 or he, they don't know what they're talking about. They won't understand. You know, it's it's just such a a weird thing that I would actually like someone to be able to discuss who knows what the fuck they're talking about.
0: Well, there's very little, very few people who will talk about it in that kind of in depth because I think there's an element of it that's em- that's kind of embarrassing for. For both sides. Yeah. You know, there's an element of kind of selling yourself for, you know, or putting yourself into the situation because you, you, whether you admire this person or you have some sort of fantasy about them. there's that famous story of the, the woman, these two groupies who were finally able to like live out her lifelong dream of getting it on with Mick Jagger. And, you know, Mick Jagger just wanted to ha- have sex with her and she insisted her friend come along, you know, that they come together because this was their, their goal, you know, right. to have sex with Mick Jagger. And she had sex with Mick Jagger and her review was, he's no Mick Jagger, you know, because your fantasy of what it is is totally different than yeah, what the reality is going to you be. You
1: want to have sex or whatever the act is mm. with the idea of the person instead of the person, yeah. which to the person then, yeah. you, would, you would very seldom feel sorry then for Mick Jagger. Mm-hmm. But what's it like then for Mick Jagger? to uh, To have se- people that want to have sex with the idea of that person and not yeah. the person, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which, you know, again, he's making his choices and he's doing his thing, and that's how he is and what do you do? But, like, <laughs> does that weigh on you? That, like, you know...
0: That depends on your personality type, I think. Yeah. And so some people, that does does weigh on them. Some people... You know, there's that there's a great uh, book called Diary of a Rock and Roll Star uh, written by um, Ian Hunter, who was in Mott the Hoople. hmm uh, and he basically did that diary as a way to distract himself from all the on the road temptations because he was married and had and had kids, right? And he didn't want to cheat on his wife. And so when he was on the road, he just used, you know, well, I got to go write my diary. You know, I'm going to leave the room now. I know there's a lot of drinking and crowding going on, a lot of girls in here, but I'll be in my room writing. You know, but it was a way for him to like r- remove himself yeah. from that. And I don't know if he was always successful throughout his life of of making that kind of decision. Yeah, but. You know, kind of admirable that he tried because it's very difficult. I mean, there's so much happening, so much temptation, so much access to so much of everything. Yeah,
1: and the person and the people on both sides really can't complain or talk about it. Yeah, and
0: I'm talking about podcasting.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, But like Mick Jagger can't complain about being Mick Jagger. And a person can't complain complain about sleeping with Mick Jagger Mm -hmm. because there's no reason you should sleep with Mick Jagger except that you want to sleep with Mick Jagger. But there's a dynamic that's in place. Here's here's like an example. Again, this is like tricky, tricky ground. But when Louis C.K. did his apology, something people jumped on him about was... Uh, where he where he felt bad about what he did, yeah. uh, because he said they admired him, mm-hmm. and he mentioned that three times that like they, they they had this respect for him and this admiration for him, yeah. And people uh, got at him about like that he was uh, he was pumping up his own ego with that that he was no. doing. It. It's like no, that's actually part it feels of the, like he disappointed. That's them. part of the shame. Yeah, is that this is someone who respected you. This mm-hmm. is something who admi- someone who admired you. Yeah, and you use them for your own pleasure. Yeah, saying that they respected you is not. A plus on your side. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. It's look at me. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. You know this was a, what this I've was done. A, this was yeah. a shit thing that I fucking did. <laughs> yeah. And and didn't, because in our society you can't say. I'm very popular. Mm-hmm. That's an asshole thing to say. It's like saying I'm rich. Yeah. It's an asshole thing to say. But some people are rich and some people are popular sure. and if you can't bring up that dynamic then you can't talk about that dynamic then you can't address that dynamic mm-hmm. and so you're left with this uh this bunch of weird weird shit.
0: Yeah. I mean the fact is though that most mu- most musicians like most like big big time musicians are yeah. are very young. They're late teens early 20s. I mean they're not in a They're not in a place where you reflect on your life yet. You're just in a place where you take what's coming for you and you just take it because it's there. And what the hell? Why not? Right. What what the fuck? You know, and you feel, and you'd feel like an idiot if you, everyone would make you feel like an idiot if you had all this opportunity and you just left town and you left it, left it behind. You know what I mean? Like you eventually, you know, you just get worn down and you take what's coming.
1: And this isn't confusing it with people like a, um, Say a Charlie Rose or even degree Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. You look at like you look at those folks and go, okay. So you're someone who has enormous fame, yeah, enormous wealth, yeah. Um, you could have as much yep. sex. Let's go consensual sure. sex as you want. Yeah, you, all you have to do is like open the fact that like I'm I'm up for this, and yeah. there will be people that will be there. <laughs> yeah, but they still have to use their power dynamic. Yeah, to to trick people into things and yeah. do this kind of thing because it's about them, f- it's about that for them. It's about yeah. the power. Yeah. It's about whatever it is. It's That's about It's
0: totally different, right?
1: It's a totally different
2: it's not thing. A, than... It's not a
0: consensual thing, even if it doesn't seem wise on either person's, right. you know, on either person's act, whether it's a musician or the person who wants, you know, the, And
1: you can't get those things confused. The yeah.
0: person who wants to have sex with the musician. You know, that both of those people, you know, at some point in their life are going to look back and go, well, I guess it was fun, but at the same time, kind of gross. Like, Like, or whatever. Maybe they, maybe it was great. I don't know. I've never, to be honest with you, I've been married to the same person or been with the same person since I was 20. So, yeah, but the first, I I don't know.
1: The first person that I kind of fell very, Did did
0: I miss something? Let me, let me know, people. Yeah.
1: The first person I fell very, very hard for, I, uh, Wanted something different from me than I wanted from them, mm. and that was the unhealthy part of our dynamic. Yeah, was occasionally she was a w- vampire. Yeah, well, you know, okay, but I'm but I'm showing up, right? <laughs> like I'm whatever Dracula's bride. Going, but but like you know, sometimes it would work, and sometimes it wouldn't work. Yeah. When it worked, great, it worked great. And when it didn't work, it really didn't work. But when I was done with that, something that I was very very aware aware of in my mind was, oh, um, I don't want to get something from someone when they need something different from me yeah even if i get the thing that i want to get out of this yeah so a couple of years later when i was getting out of like a seven-year relationship uh, at that time i was doing quite well uh in improv i was like you know we were, i was i was i was quite and there was a lot of people around that you know would be after shows and would want to like be hanging out and whatever yeah. and i had a tv show and there was a couple other things that were going on. And again, I hadn't been with anyone else for like years. So it was like, Oh, this, I can, I can date, I, I can date people. Yeah. But, and, and I did quite a few people, but it was something that was always on my mind was that dynamic of like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Let's just make sure that like yeah, what you're, what you're wanting is. If we're on we're on it's the sex. same thing. Yeah, if you but why? Yeah, and, and I know you feel true. like like to be so picky of just like, well, you want to have sex, they wanna have sex, what's the fucking problem? Well it depends on what. Yeah. If they want sex no, no. Plus, if they want sex plus love, it's not, yeah. Then it's not You're right. cool at all. You're right. And You're and right. and and it made for like some, some some rough times where like the person would be angry at me for not sleeping with them because I knew that they wanted mm. more than I could give and so it was a bit of an insult to them that I wouldn't do this. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was just yeah. something that's always always kind of rested in my mind of and, like yeah,
0: and it's something that you like. There's a person I know, and and he went through a dating cycle. He he and his wife broke up, and he went through a dating cycle, and his main thing was always no kids. Mm-hmm. I you know I don't want he I have two kids. I don't want any more kids. I thought he
1: was going. He would not sleep with children. I was like, sleep. That was his one thing. That's was like no. Pretty kids.
0: pretty brave. Pretty brave stance. No, he just and so you know that was. In his profile, when he was doing this dating thing, you know.
1: Oh, was he into the world of uh, like uh, Tinder and yeah, whatnot? yeah, yeah? I mean, he did. He did quite well. Um, okay. My stuff was before that. Mm, all
0: sure, I understand. Um, you did. You did. You did the real grinder, which is just like <laughs> a real hard work to try and meet someone. And these these days is yeah, a little I was, easier. I was hanging out at the hoagie shop. I
1: was doing the real grinder. <laughs>
0: um, I just meant you know it was a lot more toilsome when you know you actually had to go up to you had to approach someone. It actually wasn't. No. You didn't have to approach no, anyone? No,
1: because all I had to do was because I was like, I, I would do a show. Yeah. And then there would always be like a social Aww. situation afterwards. Don't, and don't sell
0: yourself you. short. Okay. um, But but the thing is, I, I said to him, okay, well, this is what you're telling people. I said, like, have you had like a vasectomy? He's like, oh, no, not, not yet. I said, well, you're leaving the door open. Mm-hmm. Like if someone comes to you and you say, I don't want any kids, and she agrees to go into a life with you, in her mind, whether she has, agrees with you in this no kids thing, as... The biological clock starts to, starts to pr- weigh on her mind and she starts to wonder if maybe that's, that's a choice she wants. You have left the door open for her, you know, and you're going to end up in this uh, situation where, you know, you, you haven't you haven't you haven't definitely said how you feel about this because you haven't closed the door on it for for this person. And I feel like that that's always the case for us when we go into a relationship is we have to keep, you know, Our objectives or our goals in the relationship have to be clear to both sides because, Mm. and you can't assume that you both agree on what these are as well because people's minds can change. And if you haven't made it clear that you are unchangeable, Mm. that you don't want this or you refuse to go this way or whatever, whatever it is, right? Then you, you know, you just, the assumption can always be there that, oh, I can change him or I can change her. I can make them which is what I the, want. Yeah, there's
1: know. two. There's two very dangerous things involving change. I think in relationships, and one is the idea that you can change somebody, mm-hmm. and the other one is that they won't change.
0: And the third one is that they'll give you bus change. They, well, and know. it turns out and it's then very say hard it's to hit
1: the road. <laughs> it's very hard to get. But if you if you go out with somebody yeah. or married to someone or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're married to someone for ten years, yeah, I mean. They're going to change. There's things, yes. there's things is are going to change. The, the the base things about the personality mm-hmm. are still going to be there, but they're going to grow and change as a person because mm-hmm. we do. Yeah. Uh, so you got to expect that to to be the case as well. But yeah, but to think that you can change them, mm, uh, no dice. The river, better. the river is going to change where it goes, but uh, you try and change the river, and uh, oh, everyone's going to drown. <laughs> it's going to end up in the mouth of a bear. <laughs> well, okay, because I'm a salmon. I'm yeah, a salmon no, who thinks that I, I can see, do
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I see. In all my scenarios, I'm a salmon. Have yeah. I not made that we clear? Have, yeah, sorry. What sorry. I
1: think is when I have sex, I die. Yeah. Am yeah. I wrong about this? You, sex is death, right? Yeah. There okay, go. good. All right.
0: I've always said you're a salmon fella. So.
1: <laughs> and on that <laughs> note, um, Dave, hmm? the people out there, the people out they there. like to dance to our podcast. They do like
0: to dance to Although, I have a feeling that I pushed it last week with the bubblegum thing. Sure. I don't think people like bubblegum music very much. Not I as much as I, I do.
1: You know what? I think it's like the same amount that people like bubblegum. Mm, a little bit. Oh, I'll take a piece of bubblegum. Would you like another piece? Yeah, sure. I'll have another piece. How about ten pieces in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh,
0: yeah, I, that's all right. I but I love bubblegum so much. I just thought everyone loves bubblegum. No, no, not everyone loves bubblegum. I think
1: my uh, I think my thing is uh, surprise music always makes me go, oh no oh no it's surprise music if i'm going to a con- if i'm going to like a stand-up show yeah yeah and it's like we're gonna have some music first fuck i'm like in pain or we're <laughs> just like i gotta listen to music or if it's this it's like mm. hey you want to listen to this one song oh i'd love to listen to the song all right let's listen to the song you know what let's listen to the whole album oh it hurts that's too much <laughs> no i can that's well, why not, I like like you're not a music guy i like hearing you're not a music uh, guy i got five songs for you yeah fantastic i got mm-hmm. six all right, I will allow it. That's that's fine.
0: It went too, too far yeah. for you. We're going to listen to The Ring Cycle.
1: Oh, no, I, I it's three days of opera. It's my bad. So what is the theme? First, first of all, the idea behind mm. this is Dave gets a theme from you. He uh, comes up with uh, five songs. You have to supply an example of what that theme would be. Sure. Uh, and then uh, Dave will do five songs, and he always does six songs. Or sometimes he does 10 songs, and then we have this discussion.
0: <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Uh, so this is from uh, a listener. It's from uh, Jeffrey whack,
1: And we'll tell you who, later on how to uh, write in.
0: Yes. And, and here's the thing. Jeffrey uh, recommended a while ago that I read a novel that he loves called Shibumi by, by Trevanian. Okay. Who is a guy, a one-named writer. He's sort of the Madonna of novels. Okay. And uh, I could not find it at that time, but I bought the Iger Sanction uh, by the same author, just thinking, well, you know, it's similar. And I remember seeing the confusing Clint Eastwood film. I version saw of that, a long, that long, long about three ago. weeks ago. Oh, three weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, you're so right.
1: It's a confusing film. And I can see why With it would be. With some good scenes, mm. like really good scenes. Yeah. And then, oh dear. And then, oh, that's great. I would and like then, to oh, see dear. it after
0: reading the book, actually, because I would, I, you it's would want to see ago. it. a long time ago. Yes. Uh, where did you see it?
1: Uh, I, uh, I, I downloaded it, I think uh, on like PlayStation okay Network or
0: something. I, I, my f-
1: Amazing climbing scenes. The mountain scenes are great.
0: That's that's the thing. Like the book, I found the book kind of, you know, maybe it's just I, you know, when I was a kid and I was in grade eight, I read um, the Hallcroft Covenant by Robert Ludlum. Blew my mind. Like I just read that book like it was going out of style, as if every page was going to burn. It was before it was <laughs> to go out of style. Before every page was every every page was going to burn. You know, I just read them all. I went and I went and saw the very disappointing Osterman Weekend, the Sam Peckinpah film. Uh, but all those books they're all great until a certain point was reached and they weren't great anymore. And it's kind of reached a saturation point of Robert Ludlum and this book. I kind of found the same way about it, but just because I've read, so I read so many of those books in in my teens that I couldn't get into this book the same way, you know, like it's about a, it's about a, uh, uh, it's about an assassin. He's a hitman. Mm -hmm. He's a sociopath. He's, you know, he's very, he's very kind of compulsive set in his ways And I just found his character very unappealing. And then, sort of, women in the book are basically there as, as, uh, candy to be consumed. Okay. And that was kind of off putting to me as a, as a, as you know, as a modern man who's sort of half awake. I'm not going to call myself woke because that would be a fucking lie, but I'll say I'm half awake. Sure. And it bothers me when women are just there as, as fuck toys, you know, to be dis in, not, not important in the, to the story necessarily, you know? and so that kind of bugged me about it uh just because there's a, a sort of unpleasant element to it but where the book really was good was the mountain climbing sequence like there's a whole sequence when these characters and it kind of and the whole mountain climbing sequence became like so gripping and interesting and it kind of like derailed the rest of the book and almost like it almost made the rest of the book unnecessary because the scene it took over so much that it, it actually kind of Like, the whole purpose of it, the whole purpose of like, the Eiger sanction, the sanction in the story is a hit. Yeah. And the Eiger is the mountain. And so the idea of the story is that he has to do this hit on this group of mountain climbers. But. The mountain climbing becomes so interesting and fascinating that even the author seem to have forgotten. Oh yeah, the whole purpose of it, and the and it doesn't even like enter into the story again. It it's becomes this ma- totally different. Yeah, the movies, it's many different movies in one. Yeah, and the book it's is kind of that way different. too, you know. And and his character is sort of one of those impossibly perfect. You know, he's an art professor who yeah. lives in a, this church that he's rebuilding, and he buys art on the you know on the black market that he lo- that he loves, but he's able to afford it through this job as a hitman because he's not just a professor but he's a he's a mountain climber and he's a this and he's that and he's a ladies man Mm -hmm. and because he's because he's he's a sociopath he doesn't feel emotion he doesn't feel he doesn't get excited by sex it's just a mechanical thing for him so he's a perfect lover for women although i don't know if women really want to have sex with someone who doesn't feel anything to me that would like part of the beauty of sex is that wonderful feeling of love when you're looking in someone's eyes and you're feeling all that wonderful pleasure with them Like, why would you want someone who's just like a cold, calculating machine who can make you feel good? Buy a dildo. But anyway, so it just seems like...
1: Or a robot. We're getting
4: into the robot Oh, yeah,
0: that's a good idea. I'll buy that, too. Uh, Just kidding, Lisa. I'm not going to buy a robot. I'm kidding. I'm going to buy a robot. I'm not. I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not going to buy a robot. Or am I? Forget it. Anyway.
1: Whatever you say, Mister D. <laughs> did
0: you get Rosie from the Jetsons? I, did. I may have gotten Rosie from the Jetsons and, and Irana from well, Richie Rich. Both of them. I have them both. Okay, Richie. <laughs> she does such <laughs> Your good rooms clean. She does such good ironing. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> so, but the yeah the mountain climbing <laughs> sequence and it's like I always joke inquire that we have to. What? That's so funny. I just love
1: the phrase. I always joke in choir. Yeah. That makes, that's what makes our podcast unique. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I always joke in choir that we have to hit that last note, that that's the note that people remember. It's like when you're playing Guitar Hero and you miss that last note and all you get is the plonk and you get to watch (laughs) the, you know, the faded sequence kind of just keep going and you got no note playing, no points get coming your way. You're just like, I fucked it. So this book really hits that final note with the mountain climbing sequence. Like it's fantastic. Uh, and I wish that the book had been more of that and less of the other junk. And so, and maybe you know, I'm just not of the right age or you know whatever. I don't know. I'm still gonna I'm still gonna get Shabumi and read it because this person recommended sure. it. Jeffrey recommended it, and so I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna c- get back to you. But I'm gonna give Iger Sanction by Trevenian. I'm gonna give it six out of ten. All right. It would have been much lower. But that, that mountain climbing sequence.
1: That's how many fingers you have that last uh, frostbite when you come back. It is really uh, good.
0: So anyway, so, uh, Jeffrey wrote to me and he said, Hey Dave, how about a top five obscure slash deep cut Beatles songs list? And he said, I.e., not a second time from with the Beatles. So he wants me to like choose some songs that are off the beaten. Off the beetle Path.
1: Gotcha. There you are. That's oh, well, where we that, are gonna find it. That George Martin, Martin you found it. George Martin. There you, album.
0: There you go. But I just noticed something when I was um I didn't see this message from another listener. This is from Trevor. Okay.
1: Hi hey, Trevor. Trevor wrote and, it. Hey, Jeffrey. I didn't say hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Tre- Jeffrey.
0: Trevor wrote and he said, uh, the same day as uh, as Jeffrey, so I don't know how I missed this, but he said, How about a jingle box slash harpsichord top five this week? <laughs> That'll be next week uh trevor we'll do that we'll do that next week i didn't see your message till now but i would really like that because i love the jangle box or the harpsichord in the song i love that so we'll we'll do that next week or the week after someone else wrote with some anyway We'll we'll get it we'll get it all done so anyway so we're going to quickly do uh my beatles uh thing and this is a walk in the park for me because you know there are Beatles songs that i love that are off you know that aren't i am the walrus I'm not going to call I Am The Walrus off the off the Beatles track. It's sure. a pretty obvious song, everyone's heard it. But these are ones that it's I also think The
1: favorite Beatles song if I remember correctly. It is my
0: favorite Beatles song, you're right. Because I think it's like the perfect like coming together of all of the Beatles' talents even and George more Martin's than Come Together. Even when they come together and George <laughs> Martin's talents all okay. into one. cuz George Martin doesn't do any arranging on Come Together, but he does a beautiful arrangement on I Am The Walrus. So you get Paul's you know musical musicality in it you get john lennon's wonderful wordplay and his and his uh, the passion singing and this everyone does great work on that so it is my favorite beatles song but these are songs that i really like a lot that are kind of not they're not they're not singles and they're not like songs everyone talks about like ticket to ride or whatever okay which is also a single but you know you know what i mean what's so what's the first so the first one comes off of their uh album a hard day's night and it is uh, a song. Sorry, I wrote it down in a bag, so it's going to get <laughs> yeah, kind of here. Like, Sorry, did everyone. you bring your lunch? I brought my lunch. Uh, so this one is from a uh, Hard Day's Night, and it's called uh, "Things We Said Today." Okay. So we'll play that, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Sure, sure. You say
3: you will love me if I have to go. You'll be thinking of me. Somehow I will know Someday when I'm lonely Wishing you weren't so far away Then I will remember Things we said today You say you'll be mine, girl Till the end of time These days such a kind girl Seems so hard to find Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love, not a lot to say Then we will remember Things we said today Me, I'm just the lucky kind Love to hear you say that love is love And though we may be blind Love is here to stay and that's enough To make you mine, girl Be the only one Love me all the time, girl We'll go on and on Someday when we're dreaming Deep in love, not a lot to say Then we will remember Things we said today Me, I'm just the lucky kind Love to hear you say that love is love though we may be blind Love is here to stay And that's enough to make you mine, girl Be the only one Love me all the time, girl We'll go on To say, then we will remember things we said today.
0: There's a few songs like this that Paul wrote around that time, and I think a lot of them reflect his relation, his kind of up down relationship with Linda Asher. And I really enjoy this sort of like minor, minor key sort of complaining songs, yeah. or, or you know, kind of like. Uh, there's a few like that that have that sort of saturnine kind of darker element to them. It feels
1: like it's a good cool down song. Yeah,
0: kind. yeah, and and I also I also it comes from an album where it was the first time the Beatles wrote every song on it. Okay, but only the first seven songs were. This is from a Hard Day's Night. Sure. I think I said that. And even though the first seven so- the first seven songs were in the movie, so those songs better be good because they're in the movie. Yeah, Side to throw it away, <laughs> do whatever you want, but no. Every song on that side is great, too, including this song, which I think is really great. But this song really appeals to me. I really like Paul's voice in it. I love the kind of low-key element to it. I love how much acoustic there is on the um, acoustic songs are on that album. I think because they wrote it in a hotel room. Mm. So they just had like a piano in their in their acoustic guitar. Yeah, that they're sounds playing. like something you in a hotel yeah. room. Yeah.
1: No, I like the song as well. Yeah. If you want to hear more about the, or greater detail, then again, Completely mm. Beatles, we've got a yeah. podcast that we did uh, where we went through every uh, Beatles song ever written. So all, this is the first time that all the songs Dave has, I've actually got on my phone as well because <laughs> um, yeah. I downloaded them for that. But if you want to hear more of the backstory and what led into these uh, songs, boy, howdy, have we got something for you? And it's called Completely Beatles. And uh, just go to our Sneaky Dragon page, and you can listen to them there or on iTunes. So,
0: okay. So the second song I chose uh, was—it's
1: actually a monkey song. It's a real curveball.
0: This no, it's not a monkey song. Uh, it's uh, called "It's Only Love." Okay. And this comes from another soundtrack album. This comes from the Help album. <laughs>
3: I get high when I see you go by My, oh my, when you sigh My, my, inside just flies Butterflies, why am I so shy When I'm beside you It's only love and that is all why should I feel the way I do? It's only love and that is all But it's so hard loving you Is it right that you and I should fight Every night just the sight of you Makes nighttime bright Very bright Haven't I the right To make it up, girl It's only love And that is all Why should I feel The way I do It's only love And that is all But it's so hard Loving you Yes, it's so hard Loving you you.
1: Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite Beatles songs. Is there is Is there?
0: Yeah, right? It is actually, yeah. Yeah, and it's not a you know, it's once again, it's the second side of, of help, which I don't think is as successful an album as uh as Hard Day's Night. But it does have like great songs in it, like yesterday, which is kind of another throwaway song on side two, which is weird. Um, and it's kind of throwaway position on the album, you know, like second to last song. like It's weird, but I think the Beatles were a little embarrassed by that song. It's a ballad. It doesn't reflect our rockin' nature. We'll just kind of throw it here, but it's only love. Uh, once again, it's kind of a sad song. It's about, you know, it's about desire or yearning, you know, and this desire to connect to someone. And I really, I I really, really like that. And I like the fact that it's, it comes, you know, is they're moving out of Beatlemania into a new kind of sound, but it still harkens back to Beatlemania. But it's done, you know, if it had been done like a year earlier, it would have been like at twice the tempo with a lot of splashy cymbals from from Ringo.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: instead, we get this kind of very uh, quiet kind of uh, ballad, and I really, I really like it. And I also That's really great. like John Lennon singing on it. He's such no, a good that singer.
1: is actually it's one of my favorites. It's one of my quiet little
2: favorites. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm.
0: Okay, so yeah. let's listen to this song then. Okay. Let's see what you think about this song. Is this song one of your favorites, mister? Well, let's see. So this song is uh, This Boy. Let's play that song. Oh,
1: okay. All right. the girls scream it's not <laughs> one of my favorites but yeah it's a it's a
0: ah i really yeah i, I really enjoy i enjoy both of their kind of their kind of uh sub duop songs i think uh i shouldn't say sub but they're both kind of like takeoffs on, on duop songs i really like that with the triplets sure. dun, 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 and the three the three part harmony and and then john's impassioned vocals i think i really like that song it was a b-side uh i believe to um she uh too. I want to hold your hand. I think that was oh, the okay. I once knew all this, everyone. I once did a podcast called Completely Beatles, yeah, and I knew should, lots uh, of facts. You,
1: you should listen to that one. I, I think knew lots of, Enjoy
0: it knew lots of facts. Now a lot of the facts that I knew are kind of fading out of my brain. So they but, wrote that one. Yes, John, that was a John. Okay. Because yeah,
1: that sounds almost like that could be a cover of Could like be a an, cover,
0: yeah. yeah. And I, but I just like, yeah, it's I enjoy when when bands do like something almost like a pastiche, but but it's something they love love so much that it kind of takes on a life of its own. Sure. And it becomes its own it's you know, it becomes its real as, as what they're imitating, you know, and I think uh, the Beatles had a lot of that where they loved something so much, you know, whether it's Buddy Holly or whatever, and they could take elements of Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly and just turn it into even better than what mm-hmm. what they loved because they just love it so much that they and, and they're so inventive that, that they make it into their, their this sort of own thing. So, yeah, that's a that's a song. So um,
1: it is a song. No one can that, deny that I like a lot. It is a song. <laughs> it
0: is a song. That's a song I like a Number lot. Number
1: four, In No Particular Order. In no Particular
0: Order. So this is going to go... Uh, people are probably like, gee, Dave likes a lot of old songs that the Beatles did. No, is they, there
1: anything that's a new song that the Beatles have done?
0: Here's a new... Well, I just mean like... <laughs> I mean in their career. Okay, gotcha. I'm choosing a lot of like kind right. of early period or mid period stuff. Not not a lot from their later part of their career. Which I kind of feel like a lot of songs from the latter part of their career, like we really know that stuff well. Whereas things... Things from the first two albums kind of like fall, fall through the cracks. I just,
1: I just like the idea that you're uh, like, wait a second, this is a song from 52 years ago. Not 50 years ago. What's with Dave <laughs> like this old-timey music? Hey, 50 or nothing.
0: That's what I like. Yeah. I like it old-timey, everyone. So uh, I chose a song from, the, from Let It Be, kay. which, as you know, is oh, actually, is my favorite Beatles movie. But I, I really love this song. This actually was also a B side.
1: I don't know. They should have done an album called Let It B Side. And it's just all the B sides.
0: Oh ones. man. You should have been, you should have been hired off the Beatle track.
1: Let me travel back in time. Hey John Lennon punched me in the face. <laughs> it was back when he did that.
0: <laughs> should have gone that far back. Yeah. Should've gone after the uh, you know when he's a yeah, little, little cooler. But you blew it, buddy. All right, so this is uh, a song I like a lot. I'm gonna play it for you and then we'll talk about it after sure. I play it. How's that sound?
2: Sounds good? Oh,
3: She do me Oh, she do me Yes, she does
0: that's uh i think that's a rather great song maybe it's a well-known song i don't know i just i feel like that's not one i didn't i ever heard as a kid on the radio no it doesn't up. get a lot of radio play it doesn't get like, but i sound. do
1: like it that's actually i do like that one quite yeah a bit. and i
0: think it really well you know it evokes in my mind it evokes like my like absolute happiness and joy watching the beatles playing it on the rooftop and mm-hmm. john and, and paul looking at each other like smiling at each other and and the, you know it's the whole band like just kind of grooving together and like being a band yeah. again when they're for so long, they were just, you know, they're just guys in a studio, you know, kind of sitting around smoking cigarettes, and watching each other play their instruments that, you know, and instead here's this, you know, this fantastic group playing together and, and George's guitarists working so great in that song. And, and I just, uh and Ringo's drumming's great and, and Paul and Paul and John harmonizing together in it. You know, I just really, it's just a fantastic song. And, and, you know, I mean, I think to the Beatles, the B side was never a throwaway. Yeah. So you, you, you know, a song like that, this boy or or um, or um, don't let me down, aren't they're not they're not there because they're bad. They're there because they're so good that they should be <laughs> that they should be on the single and not just a, not just a loss on an album track. Yeah. You know, and so uh, yeah, I just I, like, I just love that song so much, and I love, I it's like John at that time with these all these love songs to Yoko. But I think are just so great because they're just so heartfelt and and honest and impassioned. It's and
1: almost like a, it's almost like an unpleasant start to the song, but it's pleasant and mm-hmm. like it's, it's it's like it's jarring. It's not yeah. like something you would hear on yeah. the radio. Like, what's this about? I'm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, oh, oh,
0: all right, yeah, you're in. And maybe that's what maybe that's what threw people with it. And maybe the, you know, maybe something like the Pet the Beach Boys. Uh, God only knows. Maybe that kind of threw people as well. Maybe that that's why that song in the day and it, didn't like. Oh, it didn't have, do well? It didn't do as well as as I think they wanted it yeah. to. Um, well, if you were used because to- it starts with I don't know how long I'll love you. Or God knows how long. only knows how long.
1: I might not always love. I, you. I might not
0: always right. I might not always love you. But as long as, long as long there are, the stars above, then you. it kind of cracks itself, you know. And but that's a start, and that's kind of like a weird place to start. I'd, it's also, you know, it also depends
1: what you want out of the Beach Boys. If you want, mm-hmm. uh, hey man, surf's up and things are that's great. That's what people wanted, This isn't. Sure. Uh, it's like yeah. wait a second. What's this? Is, I think it's gone it, a little deeper in the ocean than I expected.
0: It does that kind of in uh, Wichita Lineman as well. Or mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah. Which is a song I like a lot.
0: That's a very great song, yeah.
1: And uh, it's a song. fun song to sing until you realize you can't sing that song at all.
0: Yes, you can, yeah. you're no Glenn Campbell, you yeah, realize. Yeah, you
1: think like, <laughs> oh, I got this. I got this.
0: You
1: do not. <laughs> Sir, you do not.
0: And it's interesting. There's a song by Sagittarius called uh, Another Time. And it, ha- it starts with uh, Glenn Campbell singing. Yeah. It's, he's not credited like it's it's Sagittarius. So he's just like a session musician who was singing on it. Or a friend of Gary Usher or whatever. But you listen to his singing, and it's so good. Oh, it's great. And so I don't fantastic. Know this song. You're you don't know that about song, about, yeah. But I, but I know his singing is yeah, so Yeah, he great. says, uh, just like a breath of spring, you came my way. Just this little part of the song, and you're just like, that is some fine singing yep. there. This really smart. Really gets it. Anyway.
1: Now, number five. Number now, is five. this going to be our last song, or no, is, are we going to date this? No,
0: I can never. All right. Uh, Who's the fifth Beatle going to be? The fifth Beatle is uh, this song. as a nut as actually another B-side, everyone. Okay. And so let's listen to this B-side, which may not be everyone's taste, but I think is rather great. And let's start with it right now. Here we go.
4: Without going out of my door I can know all things on earth Without looking out of my window I can know the ways of heaven The farther one travels The less one knows the last one You can know all things on earth Without looking out of your window You can know the ways of heaven The farther one travels The less one knows The less one
3: Drive without traveling, see all without looking, do all without doing.
1: Yeah, I used to play that one a lot on Sitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I really like. No,
1: I don't actually remember that one. That's you don't remember that. that? That's was, weird that I uh, wouldn't remember. It's
0: What's a it B. It's a B side to Lady Madonna. Okay. And I think it was kind of a song that was laying around, and they just used it for the B side because George had gone to India and had recorded, uh, you know, just recorded like a bunch of tracks with uh, with Indian musicians.
1: Right. Is this a George written one? This
0: is a George one. Yeah. Okay. And he took it back to England, and then he kind of just created cre- constructed a song around the stuff that he recorded, and I I really like it. I like the. Idea in the song, and I like, I like what's the idea in, in the song? The idea of that our happiness is something that we have in us, not something that we, you know, he says, the farther we travel, the less we know. Ah, that, okay. you know, so just the idea that we that our understanding of the world is really inside us, not something that we can like learn or, you know, experience is good, of course. I'm not going to not experience, yeah. but. You know, experience doesn't necessarily bring wisdom; it just brings experience. And I mean, and obviously, look, everyone, what you take from it.
1: Everyone misses John Lennon. You miss John Lennon. People talk about John Lennon. <laughs> the old John Lennon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I gave you a book about John Lennon. Everyone's yeah. John Lennon. Hmm. Man, you miss George sometimes.
0: Yes, George was great. Yeah. I mean, you you wanted like, a beetle? Oh, no, I wanted. Yeah. yeah. I wanted a beetle that would want to see a movie by Monty Python so much he would give them thirty-five yeah. million dollars. I want to see a beetle that that would tell George or tell Ringo when he was visiting that he was given this big obelisk by the record company as thanks for his work with the Beatles and get get Ringo really mad that he didn't get an obelisk too. You know, just stuff like that. It's just great, you know, it's just a fun we want a fun character like that. And sure he was a curmudgeon sometimes and a bit of grouch and had his own little things that he did. But, you know, he's great. I agree. George is great.
1: Now I guess we're done, right? So uh Time to just wrap this well, all up. Long and winding I, road is over. I wish is this was going there.
0: That. Yeah, that's what we're going to end with. For with the it.
1: benefit of Mr. Kite, if we got one more song, we're going to What are we doing?
0: We're going to end with that little-known song, "The Long and Winding Road." Oh, okay. that's right. Uh, I don't think many people know that song, or have heard it very much. I guess I could have taken like the piano, just a piano version from sure. "Let It Be Naked," which I do like a lot, but I didn't. I took a track from an album that a I think is really underappreciated. Take that world, smarten up. I think it's a really great album and I think people don't appreciate it enough. And we've talked about it in Completely Beatles. Once again, you can go to Completely Beatles and hear my arguments about well, this album is badly programmed. We're
1: arguing with himself oddly enough. <laughs> that's right. Take that, Dave. Listen, David. Listen. Well, Dave, shut up. <laughs> David. And It's like I'm like well, that's fine. I just sta- I stand back and let the two guys have it. Have so
0: this, it. so uh this, I think this album is not very well programmed, like not very well. The songs are kind of put together in a way that doesn't ah, help I the see, record. Assembled. yeah. Yeah, right. it's not it's not you know that's programmer. The continuity of the album. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is. I'm just going to play this song, Plus which two? is not a single. Right. It's just hidden on side two and amongst the, some other. I think it's sort of hidden. Yeah, I, oh, think, they hid their, I right. think they hid their. I think they hid their, their um, whatever underneath the thingy. They hid it all. They all the right, thingy. Let's, let's put a spotlight on. They hid their thingy under the thingy. Here we go, everyone.
3: When I'm walking beside her, people tell me I'm lucky. Yes, I know. I know that she loves me now There is one thing I'm sure
0: song so yeah from the beatles uh, from beatles for sale which in my opinion is a very good album uh kind of hidden in a, in a bit of a mess mm-hmm. and that that song you know it's a song 11 you know it's side two song it's you know the fourth song on side two like uh it's just kind of there it's not it's not it's not it's not featured as a side opener or a, or a, or a side closer and it's a beautiful song it's a wonderful song uh and i just don't understand like why, why it wasn't a single, why it wasn't, like, why people don't talk about it all the time, every day, every time you pe- meet people, they don't go, you know what's a good song? Every little thing. Have you ever heard <laughs> that? Like, it's, yeah, it's this wonderful song. And it's also, you know, it has a timpani in it. So it's like one of the first songs that the Beatles, like, did kind of, did sort of not, non rock and roll instrumentation in a song. You know, it's another, it's another whole album until they do, um, the strings on that yesterday but here we have a song that has like the timp- you know ringo banging on the timpanis in it and, and it's just uh or as i like to call them the kettle drums I like ah. that name too. uh yeah it's just i just think it's a wonderful song i don't i don't know why it's and it's kind of a weird song too it sounds like it's a paul mccartney song just in the way yeah. just in the way yeah. that's it, melody and stuff like that but, it, but it, john sings it so it's almost like paul said you know who would bring the, you really give this song what it needs is, is john and i like i like to think that they were such a close unit at that time that Paul could, like, turn a song over to, to John to sing, recognizing that, you know, he would give it more than he could. And I, I just, yeah, I just really, it's just a song. It's my favorite song on that, on that album, and it's one of my favorite Beatles songs.
1: But what do you think, gentle listener? Dear listener. Do you think Dave is full of withead? <laughs> what? No, it doesn't make, didn't make any sense uh no i like that was a nice little uh, run down the lane there if you listen to the, the beatles we do not put the songs up because back then we cared about legalities and uh now yeah we're i do loosey goosey listen was, don't rat us out is what we're saying
0: it was more it was more to be honest it was more i had a full-time job we were doing a, a two podcasts one involved an awful lot of research I just didn't feel like doing all. the extra Yeah, editing. it was also the
1: first uh, big heavy research podcast that we, we did. We did yeah, yeah, we did,
0: and it was just like, oh, this is a yeah, lot of work.
1: Yeah, the first time trying this out of the gate, it was like a lot of heavy lifting. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: Um, but even though it was bi-weekly, it still it took a lot of time.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, listen, what what do you uh, think are Beatles songs that uh, are like uh, you know just yeah. underrated? That like, hey, yeah, how about listen to that? And like go like, How about Sergeant Pre-? shut up. Not that. You know what we're talking about. Don't be Smarty Pants. Don't be Smarty Pants. Like yeah. what's what's one that's like a little bit of a weird one? And I could want.
0: have chosen ones that I like that are kind of weird, like uh the version of Oblada Oblada on uh, on anthology. I like that. I like that version a lot. i probably like that version on anthology more than I like the release version. Alright. I also love the hornless version, like the brass hornless version of Good Morning uh Good, good morning, morning. Good morning. Good morning. On, on yeah. uh, on anthology as well. I okay. think that's, but th- I didn't want to go with that. I wanted to go with actual release sure. songs, you know, that aren't like, that are, you know, deep cuts, but aren't like so deep. Dave they're has not that released. limitation,
1: but you do not. You do not.
0: If you want to recommend songs like that, yeah. I am all ears. And
1: also, hey, once again, have you got a theme for Dave? Let Dave hear said theme. We'll see. Dave might do it. Yeah. He might not.
0: And how, might. and how will you do that?
1: Oh, well, well it's up to you. You're uh, wrapping up the show, brother.
0: How will you do that, everyone? Well, you can, of course, send me an email. At sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, I will get that email right away. I might even write back to you and say, hey, thanks for that email. So I just want to say thanks to Chris Roberts for his kind words about my coloring on Sparks, for instance. Oh, yeah. That was very nice. And well-deserved because very I good coloring it. on that Sparks. Uh, Dave
1: right now has a bag full of pens for coloring that he will be using mm-hmm. at our signing on Saturday, that's, which you've missed. Yeah,
0: that's what I wrote I down the Beatles songs on. <laughs> that's why it's all crinkly. Uh, and so,
1: So if you're a real fan of the show, mm-hmm. here's what you say. Hey, Dave, can I have that bag? Uh, and the first person that says, can I have that bag? Maybe Dave will give you that bag with actual notes
0: mm-hmm. from our show today.
1: So now I can't
0: get rid of the bag. I've got to take it with me to the... Yep. Okay, good to know. Uh, or just
1: write fake notes.
0: They won't know. They don't know nothing. But no, this is real. This is real okay. reality. It's real messy writing. And yeah, there you go. All right. So uh, uh, email you
1: or... You can email
0: me. You can go to our uh, website, which is sneakydragon.com, and you can leave a comment there. And uh, yeah. Because the com stands for comment. And by the way, I really felt... I really felt the silence on the bubblegum songs, folks. <laughs> I did not like that. I did not like that at all. Uh, you can also go to our Facebook page, which is Sneaky Dragon, and we have a Twitter Twitter thingy, which is uh, Sneaky_Dragon. And uh, which we're, we're going
1: to change the password on because apparently you have to change all your passwords as of today because there's well, a big hack.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, I'll let you know. Let's this. tell you what
1: the old one was. I'll
0: let you no, no, do that. I'll let you know the the I'll let you know the new password.
1: Fishfinger Fondler 69.
0: I don't want to change it. There's so many I shouldn't have used the same password for its Twitter as I use for everything else.
1: I had to change mine today too. Damn it's it. a pain in the ass. There's a lot of a lot of things I to have to change. Thanks a lot, hackers.
0: And I really like that 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 pass password. Yeah,
1: I'm not even going to like uh watch the movie Hackers anymore. Hmm. Uh, because of
0: this. Yeah.
1: Or the movie yeah. Sneakers, which <laughs> I always confuse with Hackers and go, oh, it's Hackers. And they're like, no, it's Sneakers. And I'm like, I don't fucking care. Hmm. and I walk away.
0: Damn it. Anyway, okay. Um, those things. Yeah, those things. Those are all good. <laughs> those are all good. And I just want to throw some questions out to people. Sure, uh, sure. Kind of an off-the-cuff survey, which is, would people think it rude of us to have content that's only on Patreon if it's not a regular thing, if it's just something we throw up every once in a while? Just for people who, because I feel like in a way, I don't want to punish people who don't support us through Patreon. Mm. That's fine. I don't, you don't have to support us. But at the same time, I kind of feel like it's something that we should recognize our listeners that do support us through Patreon. And give them a little bone. Like, throw them a bone every once in a while.
1: You want to bone our listeners? I want to
0: bone our listeners. That's exactly right. If they uh, pay you money.
1: If you pay us money, mm-hmm. Dave will bone you bone on me. Patreon.
0: You know, I want to get something out of this goddamn podcast.
1: Sure. And you want to see if that's rude or not. What? to bone you on patreon uh for money mm-hmm.
0: i just well i just want to know like if people who don't support us on patreon would feel like it's a bit of a slap in the face that we're not you know putting everything out you know and because I, I don't really i don't like personally i don't like patreon patreon only stuff when it's like a regular thing i i wouldn't mind it if people did it like once in a while just threw it up there as a little as a little gift but well, anyway you tell me you tell me what you think of that sure people out there People who support us on Patreon, too, would you like that? Would you like it if we just did, like, a little thing for you, only for you? Let us know, because we could do that.
1: Or a thing that we put up on Patreon first for, a, a num- you know, like, for that's six a, months that's and then, a... like, yeah, release it all, like, later
0: mm-hmm. on. Sure, that's a possibility as well. Yeah. Whatever. Let us know what you think of these things. Because, you know, I do like the idea of us getting, you know, I, I love the idea that we're listener-supported, and, and we are basically listener-supported now. But if we do something more, and we have to, like, pay for more... Panda. um Stre- streaming, like more, okay. more, more, uh, or you know, whatever it is that we do that we have to pay for, then I th- would like it. I would like it if we could also make that, that supported. Sure. You know? Okay. Well, that's how uh, I feel about it.
1: All right. Let's uh, find out what do you what do you guys think about that.
0: I like for the first time in us doing this podcast that this year I was able to write off stuff on taxes against because I have income from the show. Oh, nice one. Okay. And so even though everything you guys gave us paid was basically eaten up by the expenses of the. Of Sneaky Dragon. Right. It still can be used on my in my tax. I can take right off some of my office space and stuff like that against. Oh, nice one. Okay. So, yeah. So, thanks everyone for supporting us. We really do appreciate Thank it. Thank
1: you very much. very much. Yeah, much appreciate it.
0: Yeah. So, so, don't
1: stop there. Buy our book.
0: Buy our book. Uh, just, and so, yeah, that's all. There we go. I was going to say one more thing, but well, that's—I'll just send an email you to know this what? person. You know what? That yeah. one more
1: thing. Uh, save it for Patreon. Save it for
0: Patreon. <laughs> that's right. My my thoughts and uh, my thoughts about people's uh, orders for t-shirts will will go on Patreon. There we go. All right. So everyone, thank you for listening to the show this week. We appreciate
1: it. It is much appreciated. All you for can, sure.
0: all you people that came from completely Beatles. I hope you feel uh, you finally got finally got something that you wanted, which is me talking more about the Beatles. We
1: should go onto our completely Beatles Facebook page and say, "Hey, gang! Yeah, yeah You should listen should. to at least the very last bit of yeah, this because yeah. you'll uh, you'll be on board with mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to seeing a lot of you in person over the next month.
0: Yes. So, anyone, anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us, and thanks for being great. Bye, bye, everyone. <laughs>